liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe It's debate night, ladies and gentlemen. This is Clint Russell, and I, as an AMCAP, will be taking on a woke progressive. Fuck, it sucked. <laughs> it was really, really bad. This guy is not good. Um, so, I'll tell you this much. He's completely ill-equipped to face any libertarian. Uh, certainly not me. And the last 30 minutes, I got so tired of it, I really let rip into him. So... If you enjoy, if like a lot of the people that watched it live on YouTube um, seem to really enjoy the last 30 minutes when I my patience was at its end of its rope and I just started ripping into them. So I would, I would highly recommend if you are short on time, just listen to the last 30 minutes, okay? Because that is where I get not happy. And uh, I think I still managed to make good points even though I was trying to kind of steal his soul. Um, but we'll let you judge. If you enjoy the show, please go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Other than that, enjoy. God, uh, man, what? Is this your shortest fight ever? In any time, amateur, professional ever? Assalamu alaikum, Maida. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, Lennox Lewis, Lennox... I'm coming for you. Mike, is it frustrating to train like you did and then have no, this as seven or eight seconds? For this fight. I only trained probably two weeks or three weeks for this fight. I had to bury my best friend, and I dedicated this fight. I wasn't going to fight. I dedicated this fight to him. I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody that's ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Are you saying now, Mike? Mike? Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? Welcome, everybody, to Debate Night. This is Clint Russell, your humble host. Uh, I'm just getting pumped up via Mike Tyson, so forgive me. Uh, we only have one sponsor for tonight's episode, and that is our friends over at THC Hemp Spot. If you are a fan of the, the green, you know what I'm saying? If you like that Delta 8, if you need to take the edge off, if you debate a progressive and then you just want to get high afterwards, <laughs> go to THC Hemp Spot. They have an incredible lineup of potential items that you could purchase at your discretion. Smokables, edibles, gummies, candy bars, honey sticks, chewing gum, concentrates, hash, shatter, soft gel capsules, and a variety of vape products. They have free shipping on orders over $100. And the name, once again, is THCHempSpot.com. Coupon code CLINT. Good for 15% off for my audience exclusively. Without further ado, the man of the hour, the progressive that I... <laughs> I demand his presence. Connor Halbleib, congressional candidate in Kentucky, the great state of Kentucky. Oh, we can start there. I like your state. That's good. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we wanted to, uh, you know, 
you've already gone on the campaign trail. Mm-hmm. I'm just a random podcaster. So this should be easy. You've already did you have did you have any debates? No, he was not going to debate me. Uh, oh, it would have been uh, irrational for him to debate me. Oh, because you just weren't a contender. Yeah, I mean, he he can't he wouldn't acknowledge I even existed. Sure, makes sense. All right, so where would you like to start out? Make your make your claim if you like, or I can read some of the tweets that inspired this showdown. For those that aren't aware, Connor and I clashed just because he was giving advice as to what Democrat candidates could run on. I pithily responded, uh, no, <laughs> that's not a good way to do it. And uh, and he fired back. And then I don't even know how it progressed from there. But anyways, long story short, we're now debating each other. Um, he's a progressive. I'm an anarcho-capitalist. And uh, that's all you really need, need to know. So you can start wherever you'd like, brother. Well, I think first, I, I told you this right before we got on, but uh, no matter what happens, I appreciate the view that you have on your, your set. That background is just uh, amazing. That's really nice. It looks there good both go. in the day and the night. I've seen videos of, of you in both. So yeah, yeah, it's it's not not bad. Um, that's you got to pay serious money to get the high rise out in Miami, but it's worth it just for the show. So well, I think uh, if we wanted to start, um, essentially, what I was saying at the beginning was uh, about guns and specifically about how do Democrats message on guns. Um, and I think I specifically was talking about uh, mass shootings as something to be. Uh, maybe highlighted or in order to differentiate themselves from Republicans. So I guess the topic we can discuss is, is there something to do on gun control or is that a kind of a moot issue or something like that? If you, if you would prefer. Yeah. Well, I mean, my, my position is that we have a right to defend ourselves and shall not be infringed means what it says. And um, ultimately it doesn't really matter to me what the constitution says, because I believe that all people have a right to defend themselves so I'm not going to be arguing this from a constitutional basis. Uh, it's only as good as the paper it's written on, which is not worth much. Um, and that's obvious because progressives have completely ignored it for many, many years. And uh, so, yeah, I, I just think that from a, a human rights perspective, we have a right to defend ourselves. And it's it's that simple. And whatever the state has in terms of weaponry, we should have that as well in order to defend ourselves from them. Okay. So I think the first thing we can talk about then is like, we can go back to whether uh, there is a right to bear arms, because I would disagree with that. But we can we can talk about that in a second. I think first, um, is there maybe a solution? Because uh, we can both agree that, you know, in the United States, there are more mass shootings, gun homicides and gun suicides in other countries. Uh, is this something that we should uh, is this an issue that should be dealt with or can we deal with this issue? Well, yeah, I think we can. I just don't think that I basically feel as if most progressives look at the state for a solution, whereas I look at the state as usually uh, the inception point for the disease. Uh, obviously, I, I think that the culture has a lot to do with um, you know, why we've gotten so far down this road. Uh, I think also our pharmaceutical consumption is adding to it. Uh, I think the demonization of men and masculinity doesn't help. You know, I'm not justifying any of their behavior, obviously, but it's certainly it's it's a multifaceted issue. I just, as you would probably suspect, I don't believe that guns are the primary driver for why we have this issue. Okay, yeah, I would um, I would agree with you on some of those things, and then I would you know disagree with you on some of those things. I think from where 
kind of where I come from is that, you know, just me personally, just so your audience is aware, uh, I'm not a gun person. I don't come from a gun family. I think I've shot a gun twice. Um, so I'm not going to be one of these people who said, oh, I'm, well, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sportsman. I'm a hunter. Uh, you know, I'm a part of the gun culture. That's just not me. It's just never, it's never been me and my family. So I kind of. That, that's really, fair. Yeah. It's just not something that's ever been a part of me. Um, for, for the well, record, actually, I, I, I didn't have any firearms until I was locked in my house for over a year. And then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I need to be armed. Okay. So. Um, yeah. So, and I also am coming from this as a politician. You know, I wasn't elected. Um, I lost my elections. Uh, and that's fine. That happens. But, you know, where I was messaging things is from a politician's point of view. I'm a member of the Democratic Party. Uh, I think the Democratic Party uh, should win against Republicans. So if, if so, guns is an issue on the campaign trail. Uh, how should Democrats message it? And my stance was is that Democrats need to make the position very clear that it is the party of uh, trying to get action done. And uh, whether that action is mass shootings, which we both know make up a very small minority of gun deaths, uh, but probably the most uh, visible to a lot of people or um the most publicized right exactly Uh, or uh, gun suicides which take up a vast uh greater majority of actual gun deaths but don't get nearly the same publicity yeah Yeah. Uh, either one of those the democrats should say we are the party uh committed to uh stopping this or uh you know putting it into this atrocity in order to force republicans to basically say uh, whatever our position is, we are uh, because, you know, it's always a in politics, especially it's a black and white. It's much more black and white than the actual real world. Politics is performative. But the Democrats should basically say uh, as a united front, as a national front, as a national group. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I kind of slipped up there a little bit. Na- uh, national socialists like that, too. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, we, um, you know, we are against this in order for Republicans to say, no, no, no. We uh, are, are for this. Uh, and that, that's, that's where I kind of fired off the tweet, tweet from. So um, we can kind of go from there, or, uh, and I can try, yeah. try to explain to you what I think can be done. Yeah, well, let, let me just read it, because you said, mm-hmm. here's how you message correctly on guns on the national level. Quote, vote for Democrats, and we will put an end to mass shootings in America, end quote. Because what does that force the Republican counterproposal to be? Vote for Republicans, and we won't put an end to mass shootings in America. My point was pretty straightforward. That's not what their counter is going to be. They're not going to, you know, unless they're idiots and they want to play into your framing, they're going to say, no, don't let the Democrats turn us into China, <laughs> you know, or, or North Korea or something like that. Um, and I think that's a, a, it's a reasonable counter, you know, whether or not you believe that the American government is capable of that level of tyranny um, or whether or not you think it's imminent. I think that that's a very, real concern for many Americans, particularly after the past three years of rolling lockdowns and mandating medical intervention that many people didn't want, Um, not to mention the ramifications therein, not to mention the fact that it didn't actually stop the virus or stop the pandemic or the spread or anything like that. So I think that um, people have been radicalized to the point that I think gun control in this country is a losing issue. Uh, You may disagree with that, but I honestly, it doesn't really matter to me because my, my stance is if you want to take my guns from me, we're going to war. So if that's if that's something that you want to see in your backyard, because you're in Kentucky, your people there 
are not going to turn their guns over. So I would like to know from your side of the fence, how do you intend to do this? Okay. Yeah. So that's a great question. So uh, I'm going to propose some solutions or some ideas that I think you actually would like. And then some ideas that I know you will not like. Uh, But I think the big thing for your audience to understand is that any proposal, any single proposal is, um, is ineffective in kind of the way you talked about. It's only through a combination of different uh, ideas and the amalgamation of, uh, of different policies that we actually come to so- some sort of uh, effective solution. Like you said, if, if, if uh, I don't think that necessarily a good policy from both a effective solution and a you know civil liberty solution is to have police come in and uh, take guns from you know from people's homes. Uh, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of, uh, of bad things when, when, when that happens. However, I also think that, um, that there are ideas that in conjunction with each other could help. So like you said, there's a lot of mental health issues, uh, in play. Would you be supportive of something like, uh, Medicare for all or universal health care? No. Okay. So now we're getting to like, maybe where some of the disagreements might be. See, I'm under, under the opinion that a robust Medicare for all universal health care system, which includes mental health care, could alleviate some of those problems that you said, including that sense of isolation, the depression and anxiety that a lot of people are feeling, uh, the stress that comes from, um, you know, having to deal with medical debt or having to deal with a family member who's in long-term care, not knowing where your care is going to come from. I think a lot of that has to do or uh, can contribute to a lot of gun violence. So one of the things that I would say is uh, introduce a Medicare for all system. And that would uh, begin, that would be a solution to begin to solve uh, some of the maybe kind of um, more mental health side of, of gun violence. You don't think that that's a, a solution probably on principle that, uh, that we should do. Right. I mean, I think that taxation is theft. I don't really want there to be a state at all. So obviously I'm not going to, uh, uh, you know, propose or support increasing the size of the state, uh, particularly when it comes to something that's so vitally important, my my personal health, not to mention the fact that we just went through three years of basically seeing what it amounts to when you have a top-down, dictated, uh, government-ran version of healthcare, which is what they did with the entire pandemic. They forced people like me to not be able to discuss these things openly and honestly. They deplatformed and banned us from all over the place. I mean, I just can't even fathom someone after what we've went through over the past three years entrusting these people with our health care. It doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, so that's one uh, policy that we can disagree on, and we may come back to that. Uh, I would suggest that uh, you spend a lot of time, you spend some time trying to uh, trying to get rid of the VA and, and Medicare as well in order to be consistent. Um, I'd be happy to, yeah. Okay. So there's one. Here's another thing. I'd like to end the war so that we don't need so many uh, VA care doctors, but that's maybe we'll get there at some point. Yeah. Uh, Here's one that I think you actually um, actually may be okay with, uh, that we both probably feel that like uh, corporations or businesses shouldn't have some sort of special protection uh, by the government. They should be subject to um, to you know, lawsuits and things that that individuals or groups want to bring in. So uh, one thing that we can do is repeal the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act. That's the legal protections that the uh, gun lobby and the gun industry has put into place to make them uh, immune from a vast majority of individual lawsuits. 
Well, I, I don't believe that the manufacturer, unless the firearm malfunctions, should be liable. I mean, if the firearm malfunctions and, and it blows someone's hand off and they didn't sign a waiver, you know, basically saying that once you purchase this, it's on you. But um, I don't I don't see any liability that's that's held by the manufacturer. That would be like suing car manufacturers for car crashes uh, or drunk driving if they were to crash and kill somebody. It does they ultimately were responsible for our own actions. If someone sells me a product and I kill myself with it, they're not liable for that. Or if I kill someone else with it, they're not liable for that. Well, well that's, so, something I for, that's something for a court to decide on a case-by-case -case basis. But you would have no problem with uh, an individual going after a, uh, you know, sue if they've got the money, the time, and they're willing to lose a case. Like, shouldn't they be able to go after the gun industry or go after a, a company no. like we do with any other industry? No. Because, they, I mean, I don't think that is the case with every other industry. You're not able to sue Ford every time you're in a car crash. I mean. They used to be able to sue Ford for a lot of things. The Ford Pinto included a lot of lawsuits. Well, that's uh, because they the, the vehicle malfunctioned and exploded. As I said, if the gun were to do that, I, I'll grant you, if there is immunity for a firearm malfunctioning and it injures the, the consumer, the, the person who purchased the firearm, then by all means, they should be able to sue. But. If you're going to use a device, by the way, for its intended purpose, which is to shoot, and you do that in a way that's criminal, why should the manufacturer be held liable? I don't understand well, the logic. Well, again, I would say that that's for a court to decide. If well, what I would but say, but you're that, you're making the claim, so I would like to know why you believe that the manufacturer should be liable. I never said that. I just said if people want to go go for it, they should go for it. I don't know why. You I mean, it's 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 obvious your intention is to make it so that the manufacturers get sued into oblivion, so that they can't produce firearms. So just be honest about it. I mean, we both know why you're you're proposing that. I don't think that the they, the government should give them special protection. I kind of thought that this would be something you'd be for. If someone wants to go out and sue a uh, a business uh, for any, you know, people sue businesses all the time. Sometimes they win, sometimes they lose. Uh, that's you know, that's just how it works. But I. I don't see why the uh, the thing I'm trying to get across is why should the gun industry not be subject to the same uh, the same playing field when it comes to lawsuits as other industries are? Because I think that civil lawsuits are already uh, overburdened and they're utilized by people in really frivolous ways. Uh, tort reform would be something that I would support. I think that you should have to have some foundational basis for your claim if you're going to sue somebody. And, you know, if if you can do that in an efficient manner where you can go in front of a, a judge and say, this is my claim. And he goes, OK, so your claim is that this person went out, used this firearm and killed a bunch of people, uh, innocent people, murdered them. And you want to sue the manufacturer? Well, I'm throwing this out on on its face because obviously the, the manufacturer has no liability here. If it was efficient like that, OK, fine, then then go ahead and lift the liability protection. But as long as the system is is as fucked up as it is, I don't want to add any more, um, you know, case logs to just burden the system to, I mean, it's obvious your intention. The, the reason you're bringing it up is because you want to damage the gun industry. And I can appreciate the the tactical angle that so you're taking the, on this, but I, I don't think it's a principled one. What's, what's that? Mean, what's, the, what's the problem with that? Who cares, I, I already, like, already who cares if I personally want to damage the gun industry? I'm just saying, like, why should the gun industry have government protection from these lawsuits when other industries don't? Because because I think every industry ought to have protection from frivolous lawsuits. That's what tort reform would amount to. Same with same with medical malpractice. It's like there are 
a litany of industries that have different regulations and different protections to to keep the system from collapsing in on itself because otherwise you could just have lawsuits for the you know most ridiculous things imaginable and obviously there still are many ridiculous lawsuits probably tens of thousands per year um, but I just don't see any benefit in adding to that when you're suing a manufacturer for a device that's being used as it's intended. It is not malfunctioning, and yet you want to drag them into court and waste not just the their their time, but the lawyer's time, the money, the the court's time. It's like it's all it's also nonsensical. I I don't see why I would support that to be honest. But if they have liability protection, if their device malfunctions, then they should not have that. And I would agree with you on that. Okay, I was actually kind of surprised. I thought that would be an easy one, but we can come back to that one. There's, there's, I've got more. Uh, okay, okay. So uh, we're kind of iffy on on uh, special legal protection for gun industry. Okay, how about uh, let's let's get rid of the Dickey Amendment. Uh, if, for anyone who who may not be aware, the Dickey Amendment essentially doesn't exactly do this, but the essential uh, purpose is to stop the federal government from uh, simply researching gun violence it basically takes away the amount of money that uh researching gun violence would entail you know entails a certain amount of money to do research the Dickey amendment basically is uh, a way to threaten uh the federal government into not researching gun violence so should we repeal the Dickey amendment and the only thing that that would do would be uh allow the government to simply uh research gun violence like just well, where statistics. does where does that where does that funding come from um I mean, it's just it. Let's just say the general fund. Well, it, it's a I mean, CDC, it, uh, so that might be a sore subject for, for. Uh, yeah, so it's it's. I mean, I want to abolish the CDC. I I don't see any reason to have the government doing any sort of research. Um, so, if if you want to, you know, privately fund, if if all of the anti-gun folks that you run with want to privately fund that research, and then try and get the those uh, studies into the media to try and propagandize the American people into supporting uh, a gun abolition movement, fine, but it needs to be done on a private level. I certainly don't want my fucking taxpayer money going to disarming me. <laughs> that sounds really counterproductive. Okay, so, uh, you know, the CDC researches all sorts of things, researches. Uh, I know you don't agree with it. I, I, I get right. that, but uh, I'm just presenting my side. Uh, the CDC researches heart attacks, researches uh, sodium consumption, uh, you know, researches uh, pregnancy issues, you know, researches everything. Uh, because you want to get rid of the CDC, uh, I understand why you don't want to do that. I'm just saying the Dick, removing the Dickey Amendment would just add gun violence to uh, every other sort of medical health issue that the CDC researches. Okay, yeah, so that's I, no, it doesn't it doesn't strike me as a medical health issue. But a lot of doctors think it does. I mean, I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. There's a lot of no. doctors who think it's a medical issue. So maybe, maybe well, they want to study it. I mean, they. I mean, if, if they want to study, uh, you know, how to treat a bullet wound, that would make sense to me. Why they would want to study the. Uh, I mean, that's uh, part of gun violence, isn't it? I mean, maybe new ammunition, uh, you know, has different ways of penetrating the body. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm yeah, but this should be this should be done with private capital. I don't see any reason that the government should be involved in this type of research or any research for that matter. I think it's a completely, uh, you know, misattributed role of the federal government to be doing shit like this. It just doesn't. It's not foundationally in alignment with my found with my uh, beliefs. Okay, um, so you say no, and the reason you say no is because it's just it's fundamentally uh, different. You know, you just don't like. Uh, your principles are you don't want CDC funding for any sort of 
uh, subject. But there's not something I want specific. To, I want the CDC abolished entirely. Sorry, right, go ahead. Right. But there's not something specific about uh, you know gun violence that the CDC couldn't cover. If they could cover other things, you hate it just as much is what I'm saying. There's nothing special about it. No, I, no this, there's okay. something special about it for sure. I mean, I think that the Second Amendment makes it a, a protected right. And I think that it's absurd and obscene that you would expect the federal government to be doing uh, you know, investigations to try and propagandize the American people into disarming themselves. Uh, so you're essentially using my taxpayer money, which is stolen against my will, then turn around and fund studies, which are obviously going to be done in a biased fashion, as we've witnessed with the CDC's behavior over the past three years. They're the fucking most corrupt people on the planet. Um, and they're going to be entrusted with telling us what we're to do with our gun rights that are God-given? Uh, no, I have no interest in doing that. <laughs> so yes, I mean, I have a particular uh, aversion to proposing this right. being added to the CDC's role. I wanted to get rid of some legislation. I wanted to make the bureaucracy simpler. Uh, we disagree on that one. Okay, uh, here's yes. one. I assume, uh, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I actually think you might, I actually think we might agree on this. I assume you don't enjoy the uh, carceral state, uh, the police state, no. or, the, or the military you know, functions and, and everything like that. Now, now we're in an area we might agree. This is great. Okay, uh, here's one. And, and I'm getting... Um, and I can share this to you later. Uh, this is basically an article that was written in Jacobin, where I'm getting most of this information from. It's like a socialist guide to. Oh, I, I know it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've so ratioed them a few times. Yeah. <laughs> so this is in the unique gun rights granted to police officers who carry far higher rates of suicide and domestic violence. Uh, so that would be repeal the Law Enforcement Safety Act, which allows current and retired police to carry a concealed weapon anywhere in the country, regardless of local laws. So a place makes a law. Maybe a place says, you know, we don't want this gun and this, this, you know, they make a crazy law where they want to restrict your, your gun rights. Uh, yeah. This, I don't this... think anyone should have special rights. I think that, okay. um, but, but to be clear, I believe mm -hmm. that we all have a God given right to carry wherever we are, whenever we want to. So, oh yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. I don't, I, I think there's less evidence supporting that. Uh, than okay. Believe. But uh, like you said, I think it's important. We say that police officers, especially, uh, shouldn't be given uh, special treatment when it comes to this. Um, yeah, uh, of course not. And in lo local law enforcement practices that allow officers to bring service weapons home. This isn't their personal weapons. It's uh, police-issued weapons. I mean, I think that they should be able to carry wherever they're at. So it, it does, doesn't really bother me per se, but I can understand the justification for saying this is the police force's property so that they don't have a right to take it home. But I think that should probably be left to the police department as opposed to some sort of national regulation. But I, I don't really care. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, that's kind of where I feel on that. I, I don't know if that's necessarily the biggest thing. I'm going to skip the next thing because it's, it's something I don't really, they even say it's not going to really do much. Okay. Um, okay. Here's one. Prohibit the distribution to local law enforcement of particularly destructive military weapons like tanks and grenade launchers through the Pentagon's 1033 program. You know the excess military, uh, you know right. items and issued to police departments. I don't. Yeah, I the don't militarization of the militarization of our police has been a catastrophe. Um, so yes, I would certainly uh, support them not being <laughs> handed down weapons from Iraq and Afghanistan. It's it's been a catastrophe. Uh, the SWAT raids, uh, the increase in SWAT swatting and SWAT raids that are quote unquote legitimate. Um, I think that they have all been a catastrophe. So whatever we can do to roll that back, I would support it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. I think that that does both a you know legitimate damage when you have militarized police and also 
having a kind of militarized culture where police are walking around looking like, you know, super soldiers instead of instead of uh, looking like like they're in Mayberry, which I yeah I would kind of like to see more of. Yeah, the cops look like they're in fucking you know Baghdad. It's terrible, um, <laughs> and I just think it's fascinating that the progressives, even with seeing that, because you guys do agree with us on this, uh, how you would want to be disarmed, given that you have a state that is obviously threatening you. I mean, it's how do you square that circle? Okay, so that's interesting. So I think, um, I think the big thing is to say that like there's always some sort of coercion, and uh, and the point of kind of a progressive policy, at least in in today's electoral politics, you know, my personal ideals about how things are are different once I enter kind of the political space where uh, there's you know a little more concreteness, even in things that I, I don't like. But the the essential point is to make those. Uh, institutions, including the police, including the military, uh, kind of as subject as possible to uh, to, to complete oversight and uh, and kind of as as able to be rounded in as as, pos- as possible. The, the problem that I have is that it doesn't matter if it's public or private. There's always a level of coercion. So how do we deal with that? Um, but I think things like removing, you know, we have the power to basically say police in America cannot be. Uh, militarized in this in this former fashion and uh and so that's why genie's kind of kind of out of the bottle on that one brother i mean i i wish it were true that we could actually just snap our fingers and they would stop doing that but um they've been doing it my entire life and it's gotten progressively worse to the to the point that it's like you have basically military units in most major cities and i don't just the nature of the state is that it doesn't really roll back without revolution usually. And I just find it very hard to believe that we're going to be able to um, not litigate, but uh, you know, use our elected officials to remedy this. I I hope you're right, obviously, but um, that doesn't really answer my question though. I mean, as we stand today, you exist under basically a police state. Why do you want to be disarmed in that position? Because I don't think being armed does anything for you i mean if you really don't pay if yeah if you don't pay your rent uh but you have a bunch of guns the police will still come in and they'll still evict you uh if if you uh, oh, i'm not i'm not saying that you shouldn't pay your rent i'm just saying no no if i'm you, just oh. saying you've got no you you having a consumer grade weapon i mean this is kind of the 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 kind of what you and your audience probably think of as the argument i mean i'm not making anything new here it's like you uh do not have the power that you think you have uh, against the state by having a gun you much more have have the power by holding the the purse and holding the funds um you well what what have, what about all of the examples of the people being armed and that being able to throw off their own government you just think that's not a possibility in america we're some sort of anomaly are you talking about like an actual revolution i mean that's i'm just talking about like you yeah you cannot do like having guns and no uh no overarching political idea or, or community or society or sense of camaraderie. Those things are just as important, if not more important than having a bunch of consumer grade weapons. That, that, that's kind of, you I'm need saying. both, but, but they're both, they're both prerequisites to a successful revolution. If you are dealing with an overtly tyrannical state. So you can't like look at China right now, the people are rising up, but they're totally disarmed. So China well, rolls out its tanks. Up. I mean, they they had they're it's not a big country. They had protests because 
you know, partially because there was a building that was on fire, which sparked a lot of protests. Brother, I mean, do, you know how, do you know how? They're, they're do you know? Do you know how? Against Xi Jinping. It, they, it's, they it's, have. They have said down with the CCP during their protest. Do you know how revolutionary that concept is for these people who have not protested anything against the government in over 33 years to to come out in the streets and protest? I mean, that's well, also for, for the Chinese culture taking, that is rising up. A lot of those protests were taking place in Shanghai and Hong Kong, not necessarily mainland China. I'm just saying that, like, the the they're not having a revolution there. There's a political disagreement going on there. It happens in every country. You know, France. You know, if if people if don't protest a, in China, brother, if, they just if don't you do say, it. If you say in France that you can't have six weeks off in summer, if you say, hey, can you come in one one Saturday in August, the entire city of Paris will, you know, every car in there will flip. I mean, there right. are arguments everywhere, and that's just what's happening in China. Um, okay, so again, it's fascinating that you would downplay that. Why are you downplaying that? Why are you why are you taking what? that position? What? Why are you downplaying the fact that this is such an anomaly for the Chinese people to have any negative words to say against their government? I just don't see what the like it looks to me like a country is having an issue, especially an issue, you know, uh, which in included the, this fire, this building, which seemed to spark a lot of it. Um, yeah, because the people were fucking locked inside. I mean, it's pretty catastrophic. I, I would protest. too. Yeah, I don't really agree with all the policies of, of China. I'm just saying that, like, they have issues like we have issues. I don't see that it as like anything more than that. I mean, we we have if, if, on, if you were locked we in your house, both, we have people on both the. Uh, you know, political left, political center, political right, and pl political who who knows what protests all the time for different things. And we have people who protest for, uh, you know, all sorts of reasons. I just don't see it as I'm not downplaying it. I just like, OK, there's, you definitely there's, are. I mean, no, these there, people were locked in there. They were locked in their condo and they were burnt alive. I, yeah, and I yeah. think that's, that's a problem. And I think that has to do with their uh, ethnic position as well. I don't think that, uh, you know, I think that the fam the family of, of Uyghurs were, were living there. Uh, you know, China has a lot of problems and they have a lot of ethnic problems, too. They have a lot of I know, but you're saying it's no strife. different than what we deal with here. And I just think that that's well, you have to I tell mean, me why it is different. I just did. They're locked no, in their house and they caught on fire. I mean, that's they didn't I do mean, that to a, us. That's an action. Like, I don't know what it's different than any other like bad policy that takes place in, in uh, you know, in Britain. They had a, a big protest when a, a building caught on fire because the. Um, well, the, the difference is town. that the government locked these people in their condo right. and it caught on fire and they the could not I'm escape. I'm telling you that in Britain, there was a fire that took place and people, the people weren't locked because inside. the corporation, now listen, because a private entity uh, wouldn't spend the extra $5,000 to make uh, fire resistant right. uh, cladding. I'm familiar so with the case. There are problems all over the place. I just Yes, don't... but the, the, the difference is that the people were fucking welded inside. China. What? You're saying the difference is because it's in China. No, I'm saying the difference is the government welded them inside so they couldn't yeah, escape a when a fire happened. That's a problem. I don't like that. I just okay, don't Then why that. why are you defensive? Why are you saying it's not anything different than anything anywhere else that, that people protest? It's obviously different. If I had been it's locked in my house and welded policy. shut, I would fucking I would go to war over it too. Okay. Well, it was a bad policy. I don't like that policy. Okay. So they protested. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's such that a weird positional. But you mean you seem to make it seem like a government made a bad policy. So what they're over, they're trying to overthrow. You made it sound like they're trying to overthrow the government. No, I think they people. ought to be. OK, so that's different. But that's not what they were doing. Well, not they, yet. They're they're disarmed. If they were armed, this might be a totally different situation. The tyranny probably would have never gotten to this point if it, if they were actually able to defend themselves. There are more guns in this country 
than anywhere else in the world. And yet we had the biggest right. like prison population in the world. Right. Okay. So we have we have the government actively uh, removing our civil liberties, taking people away from their families. And yet you said if they were armed, they might do this. There is a clear yeah. violation of civil liberties here, and it hasn't happened. So it's well, more because, than just because the, the guns. No, it's well, of course it is, but the, of course it is. But it people only people all have a different breaking point. Some people broke during lockdowns and they became extremely radicalized and they are probably ready for revolution. Other people will only become radicalized to the point of being willing to rise up once they can't feed their family, which is now, a distinct possibility. Places, there are also places like I believe was it Bangladesh, which did have an uprising, did have a revolution, but didn't necessarily have the guns that we have. So the yeah, guns that happens sometimes really, too. Like, so you can have, you know, a, a, a social revolution. You can have a political revolution, a culture. If it's extraordinarily widespread, yes. Exactly. So you don't, the guns aren't a necessary, you know, part of this situation. Well, okay, they're a very helpful tool. They are. Okay. Uh, divert funding for military and police gun purchases. Uh, that's a gun buyback. I don't necessarily think gun buybacks are that effective. Uh, but they I are think they're a unconstitutional. Kind of promotional, promotional tool if you wanted to. Well, uh, they're a very good coercion tool because usually a gun, back, gun buyback entails if you don't sell it back to the government, then we'll come and take them. Uh, that was kind of the Australian model. So um, not to mention that you're using my tax dollars to you know purchase weaponry from the citizens. I find it obviously on its face unconstitutional. So I would oppose right. that for sure. Okay. I'm kind of iffy on gun buybacks. I don't. Uh, a voluntary gun buyback system. If you want to do it, do it. Uh, it's not really for me. Okay. Okay, so now is kind of the other part, part that I wanted to talk about, which is uh, how do we make a system that does kind of regulate guns in my world without kind of imposing uh, massive violations on civil liberties? For example, I wouldn't want uh, the government to try to target people based upon like some minority report pre-crime where we say this person will probably commit a crime in the future, so we should take their gun away from them and go to their house. Uh, the best way to do that, from my point of view, is to have as most, much universal programs that don't take into account who you are individually. If it applies to everyone, I believe it's a better system. Uh, so one of the things that, that uh, this article talks about that I agree with, uh, universal systems, such as raising the age of gun ownership uh, for everyone, uh, waiting periods, and safe storage laws. I assume you're not for those. No, I, I think that... You should be able to own a firearm at any age, to, depending on what your parents think. Um, and then obviously, once you're an adult, then regardless of what your parents think. So, no, I would not not support any regulations in that form or fashion. But I will say this. This is a compromise that we could actually have, perhaps. I, I am of the opinion that at this point, it's probably not worth maintaining a Bill of Rights for the entire United States. And I would actually like to see this, the states break off because... We're so different in our worldview. I mean, perfect example. You live in Kentucky. You're around a bunch of people that don't really agree with your political philosophy, I would imagine, um, depending on where you live. I don't know. Um, like, but if you were in New York City, it'd be your heaven. There's really harsh I, gun I laws. I could live in New York City. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying in terms of a political structure, it's more in alignment with your values. I just don't see any reason that we have to maintain the same universal uh, system for every state in the union, even though the Bill of Rights grants uh, everyone, everyone the right to own a weapon, no matter where you're at. Obviously, the states have already taken it upon themselves to say, you know, 10th Amendment or whatever, we're, we're going to regulate and basically criminalize 
gun ownership in vast swaths of this country. So as it stands today, I just I don't see any reason for us to maintain the union. Would you be in support of a peaceful separation? Uh, No, I think that that's a terrible idea. Tell me why. Okay. Uh, but first, I wanted to. I just. I will. I will tell you that. But first, I wanted to say, are you against kind of those things, especially like raising the age of gun ownership, let's say to 21? Are you against it for the same reason that you were, would be against a 21 uh, year old alcohol, you know, limit or cigarette limit? Is it the same kind of principle? Yeah, I don't believe in prohibition whatsoever. Okay. Um, okay. So now back to kind of the, that idea of like. So in your in your in you in your world, the next step is like 50 independent. Uh, countries, independent nations, um, or or like a thousand. Well, I don't or, care. I mean, as long as it's well, let, let, broken let's up. Let's be a little bit realistic here. It's like maybe it's, it's well, not realistic to be fifty. So I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just as utopic to believe that it would break into a thousand. Um, but you know, I think that a realistic option would probably be that we end up in four or five different nations, uh, kind of a USSR dissolution. I think it's going to happen whether you like it or not, to be perfectly honest, because I think our economy is going to collapse or at least our dollar is going to die. So I think this is coming. I just think that it's it's more probable that it that it becomes a violent showdown if we aren't able to speak to one another and and come to some sort of mutual agreement that, hey, it's just not working out. And like, honestly, it's not working out like your your worldview is so different from mine. And, and for the record, you know, the the neocon wing of the republican party oh, no. so you did a debate with the neocon recently ex- well that was a long time ago but yes oh, yeah. um the those people i would like them to be their own country too like i because <laughs> like we're, we're just it's just it's just time man it's just time like we we don't see things like your your value set is so different from mine i don't hate you but i certainly don't want you to be able to dictate what i'm able to do with my life and and vice versa i don't really want to dictate what you do with yours so why not just tell me why not. Well, I think it's I think it's naive. Um, okay, but I you're not telling me why not. I know. I why know, why would you not want to? I was being generous. I think it's naive, and I don't think it's good. I, I don't think uh, – I think, first of all, we're not as different as you think we are. Uh, you still want to pay what the same price that you uh, will pay for your Starbucks at, you know, as I do. You speak the same language. Uh, you're I know, but you want things. me disarmed. You're 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 attacking at a fundamental level what I require. Like you weren't that armed is, until that is some... you weren't armed until like two years ago. That's not a fundamental part of you. The but right just... is though. The right is. The what? The right, the right? is. Yes. Oh, so you oh, so you just ha- okay. Uh, well, the the right to you being armed wasn't there until 2008. So that's also not fundamental part of you. What are you uh, talking yes. about? I'm talking about the Heller decision was the first time that the Supreme Court had ever decided ever that an individual had a right to own a gun. That was in 2008. Before that, there was no Supreme Court case that had ever decided. Look, and this is kind of what I, I would As I said, later. as I said, I'm not interested in a, in a constitutional uh, debate because I, I don't believe that the paper is the reason that I have that right. I think that it's a human right and anybody has that right to defend themselves however they see fit. So you know, that's, that's my stance. If you want to get into the court case, we can, but I, I think it's kind of irrelevant because from my that's perspective, I mean, that's how the country is. I mean, like, well, it's irrelevant to me because I'm not going to give up my guns regardless of what the Supreme court or you or the latest well, president you, has the to Supreme say. Court changed something and the government said, you're going to give up your gun. I, you're going to give I up understand. your gun. I mean, that's just the nature of it. No, like that's not true. That's, I mean, you can say it, but that's, that's what will happen. But 
the central point is, it, is that that is not what will happen. I am I am promising you, I will not ever give up my gun. Okay, what's that? Not true. You wanted to talk. It, about it is true. Would you wait? wait hold on, hold on, hold on. You're gonna just tell me that I'm going to give up my guns? Okay. Would you give up your like if the government came and took your automobile, or if someone came and took your automobile for uh for not paying? You know, to tow it. That would that would be a mistake on my part because I didn't pay. But if you're if saying that if someone if someone comes and steals my car, then yes, I will defend it. No, what if the government says we're taking your car? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I'll go to war. You can't you can't have you're a tyrannical go to, government. Okay. okay, to his audience, he will not go to war. <laughs> he will go to court like like I would, like anyone else, you know, file a grievance, maybe file a court a court motion or something. Okay. Uh, well you're now now you're making it as if it's a, a singular case. Of course, if it was a singular case, I'm not gonna go to war. But I'm saying if they were to say implement a, a carbon restriction where they said, Okay, we're now banning all uh gas powered vehicles and we're going to impound every single one, do you think that the American people would stand for that? I don't know. When they said we don't want lead in our gasoline anymore, we're gonna go. You have to buy unleaded gasoline. Do people go That's out and totally and different? How is that different? That's the same thing. Because you're taking my fucking property, dude. I have a hundred thousand dollar car. You think I'm gonna just stand there while people go and impound every vehicle in the nation? No, you said you would go to war if they took it. Yeah, I'm just going. By if they took, okay. Yes. Let's go back to quickly this like multi-country thing. Uh, we're not as different as you think we are. Think about all the. Uh, <laughs> we are very different. You no, you would not. just let you we're would let the that. fucking government come and we take your property see, for no look, reason. We all go see the same movies. We all you know uh, celebrate Thanksgiving. We all like expect certain things from the government. Like we all uh, you know watch the same sports teams. Like we're not that different. Like I am not actually from like the rural rural part of Kentucky, but when I ran, I ran as like part for like the most rural part of Kentucky. Like as far as like, you know, if someone likes a truck or someone likes a certain type of music, that's not inherently that different. Like well, all you got trounced in that election for a reason. Hmm? You got trounced in that election for a reason because you were running on a on a platform that's completely counter to these people's that's belief not system. That's why I lost by, you know, as much as I lost by. I lost by as much as I lost by because this is the most ingrained Republican in Congress. He's been there since 1981. He knows what he's doing. It's the most it, it is the second most partisan district in the country. There was right. no but way there, there's a reason what what there's a reason that it's partisan because these people hold these beliefs dearly. Even if that conservative sucks, which he probably does, it's does. just because and you wouldn't like they... him either because he's all about bringing federal pork money to the area. Exactly, exactly. So I'm sure I despise the guy, but my point is these people despise your belief system so adamantly that even him being a scummy conservative, he, he's still greatly pre preferred to them. So no, like, he's that is for showing you. They don't know me. They've known him for for forty years. I mean. You know, I don't, and it had the money he had. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why I didn't win. But I'm talking about like you said that there's inherently. Uh, I didn't go down. I, I didn't go through the area. And was like these are a different type of people. Like I don't know how to talk to talk to these people. No, just because they enjoyed. You know, certain people enjoy a different type of music or drive a different car than me. We're not as different as you think. And let's talk about uh, outside of the kind of cultural aspect because that's a little iffy. Let's just talk about how this would work. Uh, so you have, let's say, four or five different countries. Uh, mm -hmm. California, kind of part of the country. Let's say the Texas, southern part of the country, uh, northeast, uh, you know, New York liberal kind of a country and kind of Midwest. I mean, do what you want with that, but that's kind of what you're talking about, right? We're going to split up into these kind of four 
partisan groups or these different regions. You but, don't think that there's going to be like massive problems with that? How's, how's trade going to work? Have you seen how Brexit has worked out? It hasn't worked out great. Like California needs water. Uh, Texas and, and, and other places need stuff that comes through California. It's like well, you have the, New York financial the nation systems. that I would the nation I would move to would be the one that still believes in free trade. As I've, as you know, I'm an anarcho-capitalist. I believe that free trade is how you prevent most wars. So, I, of course, I would not support, um, you know, embargoing what's the New stop, York region. What's stop a certain place from saying, look, you, you wanted to, you know, there will be trade wars between places, not to mention the, the, the actual threat. There's trade wars right conflict. now. Right, but and they're difficult enough as it is. Now try to make four something new countries uh, – you know, with a, excuse me, a hundreds of years of history, you know, connected in trade and in, in culture. I mean, uh, are you, are you from Miami? Or, I'm sorry. No. I'm so, so sorry if I, I didn't know. If oh, I it's fine. You. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I was born and raised in San Diego, California. I moved out to Miami when the lockdowns happened. Okay. So it's like, it's like that wouldn't have happened if, if this, if this plan had taken place, like certain places wouldn't allow people to go, to go in. Uh, maybe one place, you know, maybe, uh, you, you know, people have family all over the country. So we're going to have kind of a North Korea, South Korea situation where people might be on opposite sides of the border. We don't know how those situations would play out. And you, and you think, would support the North Korea side. I would support the South Korea side. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying that. I mean, they're like, basically communists. They're progressive as fuck. They don't, they don't let their people have guns. It's a, it's a heaven. North Korea, it's not a heaven. And, I agree. That's the joke. But also, but, you know, it's but the people are disarmed, and that's why they've dealt with it too. forever. It's a, much, it's a much more complicated system. It's a much more complicated oh, I, like, history. I know. You know, up until the '90s, the North Korea was was uh, exporting more goods into South Korea than actually South Korea was ex- exporting into North Korea. Uh, there was a big flood and a famine that happened in the '90s, which really changed a lot of things. Uh, but what I'm saying is that that kind of system uh, it's unrealistic. It we are more culturally and more economically, which is probably the biggest thing, uh, you know, more historically, demographically bound to each other than we than we wish to believe. Sometimes it may be it may be nice to think about like, man, like, how would it be if like we had this country like this? But like the reality is, we live in a world where uh, we just live in a reality, which means we have to deal with the reality that that we're dealt. I'm not saying don't be revolutionary or don't don't think big, but you have to also think realistically. And when I came when I came with that tweet, I was thinking not just realistically, but like as a politician. Um, oh, I got some other things that I think you you might like. Let's see here. Da, 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 da. So yeah, see, I don't like. I actually don't like the idea of like red flag laws. Um, that's part of that idea of like. Um, Pre- you know, trying pre-crime. to pre-crime someone. I don't think that yeah. that's necessarily a good thing. Well, I'm, okay. I'm glad to hear that. Here's something that I actually was interested in, what you thought about. Uh, and I know you won't like it, but I want to know if it's the same reason, reasoning. Sure. Uh, would you, a licensing system for gun ownership on the automobile model with periodic renewals. You go to the licensing agency, you know, you register your gun, your firearm, you have to take a test. You know, I, I, don't, I don't have a concealed carry, but I assume that happens when you have to get CCW as well. Uh, but, you know, some, a system like that, basically kind of how you do with the DMV. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think concealed carry uh, licenses are also unconstitutional. So, mm-hmm. um, which is why there's now constitutional carry in many states, because many state governors are are 
making that claim successfully. And I think that's uh, a just practice. And I, and for the record, I have no problem with New York being a very anti-gun zone because I think that's what the people there want. I just want them to be a separate nation so that you can't then turn and vote uh, for a you know federal level dictator that gets to you know decide whether or not I'm able to defend myself. So um, as to your question as to licensing, I mean, to be honest, I don't really support <laughs> licensing uh, for your vehicle either. So I certainly wouldn't do you support do it? it. Do you license your vehicle? Oh, yeah, because they would impound it. I thought you were going to go to war. Not over impounding my vehicle for a couple hundred bucks. No. Okay. I mean, there's, as I said, there's, there's so there breaking are, like So you're willing to like sacrifice some of your ideals or some like based upon like the reality. Like they're not going to lock you in a right. cage, but like you said, it's a couple hundred bucks. It's annoying. And eventually, you know, if you drive around an unregistered car long enough, it's it it's not good. They'll but impound you it. Do yeah. it because you know because you're willing to say say, you know, I don't want to die do for a couple hundred bucks. Yes, exactly. Okay, but you so you don't support a gun licensing system for the same reason. Would you like? Well, not 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 the exact same reason. I mean, additionally, it's the natural prerequisite for a gun confiscation scheme. Uh, I think that's the whole reason that they're pushing for it is because they want to know where all of the guns are. Which, by the way, you never will with three D printing. Uh, you're <laughs> there's thousands of guns that are being produced every day. Uh, you're never going to stop but that that's signal. Not like, that's not the majority of the market, and it's not like the majority of. Oh. You could go three three D print a gun right now, but do you still like? People go to the gun store because it's easier because people don't want to deal with that. And they want well, to I think a lot works. of people, a lot of people don't know about 3D printing yet. So I, I this is a, a relatively fledgling, you know, industry. Um, but regardless, I think that you like your dreams of gun control died with the advent of 3D printing. And uh, I don't know how you plan to address that. So I'd like to know what your perspective is on it. Um, I kind of just take it as far as like, um, <coughs> I mean, I just kind of take it as, as far as like alcohol is concerned. Like I don't didn't support the prohibition of alcohol, but at the same time, it's like you can make alcohol at home. I made some cider recently. It was it was OK. It was you know not bad, but I still. Oh, you, know, you bootlegger, you dirty bootlegger, you. Well, it's not bootleg and I didn't sell it. And so <laughs> I'm just, uh, just kidding. Dude. I, I, know, I know. But like, you know, but, but why, why, why did you not support prohibition of alcohol? I mean, I think that. I don't know the exact statistics offhand, but there's thousands of people that die from alcohol poisoning and, and, uh, you know, cirrhosis of the liver, cigarette bans, sugar bans, diabetes, heart attacks, strokes. Um, like you're all, you're saying I'm drawing a line on uh, what I would go to war for. I'm more than willing to admit that. I would like to know, it seems to me to be relatively arbitrary where you're drawing the line, like uh, a vehicle, you can drive into a crowd and kill people. You don't want to ban those. Why, why a gun? Yeah, that, that's a good question. I think, and I think it's a it's a question a lot of people have, especially you know a lot of people see the uh, kind of uh, similarity to alcohol, or they see like an alcohol prohibition. I think the essential difference that I see with guns uh, versus alcohol or versus cars is that alcohol may not provide like a uh, like truly kind of beneficial system. You know, a car gets you from point A to point B, but alcohol is also like I am for complete drug legalization uh you know yeah we, we agree on that it's just just or why it, why oh, the oh, prohibition oh, for guns what, what i'm saying is that the the what you ingest or what you consume into your body and this is a little bit different than vaccines but we can talk about that in a second too it's like it's like i think that what you what you do to your body by ingesting alcohol uh that is up to you 
to do. Um, yeah. There are negative consequences and, uh, and, uh, and consequences to third parties when it comes to alcohol. And we deal, we try to deal with that just because I think right. alcohol should be legal. I don't think my minors should have alcohol. I don't think that, uh, DUI should, I don't think you should be able to drive while intoxicated. Uh, you know, I right. So we, we have we have crimes for the externalities of the legalization of alcohol. We also have crimes for the externalities of the legalization of gun ownership. So, so why is it not adequate to deal with it? Yeah. The fundamental difference between like something like alcohol and something like guns is that while alcohol does all that stuff, uh, the main focus of alcohol is like is for you. The main purpose of a gun is necessarily to to kill. I mean that that's uh, Nathan Robinson, Current Affairs, wrote an article basically comparing a gun to an app on your phone that if you swiped right, it would it would kill the person 50 feet in front of you, that you have that power to do. What? What's the difference? If you have a gun and, I, and you point it at me, it's like you have in, in that decision, you can make that decision. You may, you probably won't. Most people don't. But the main <laughs> right. purpose is, is that, uh, you know, a gun necessarily, the main po- point of a gun is to kill. It Correct. Kill someone, which means yes. it's inherently, uh, if that's its purpose, we should take a look at that purpose and say that that is a power that that we don't necessarily may or may not want in a society, uh, and we should look at that. But you, that's but you do want it. Is. You do want it in a society, but only you want a monopoly on that violence from the state exclusively. Uh, what do you mean? I mean, do you want to abolish the military, the police? I think that I I think what I've said is like that's that's kind of the route I want to go in. I said I want so, to demilitarize the police. I want to you know in in the wars that we are a part of. Uh, but you know, but I, if we're going to have a standing army, you can't really disarm the people. Well, because I, mean, I mean you're still you're still basically but, saying that. But I, I you told re- you why I think that uh, that guns are are a different thing than alcohol or cars. Is because the main point of a gun is to kill, which means we need to look at that power and say, is this a power that we want in our society? Or I know. is this a power? Who do we want this power to, to lie in? That's exactly so the question I'm asking. it's something that we should you. talk about. And so that's uh, kind of where I say that there's a difference. I know, but we are we are talking about it. So you you have a federal government that has the power to kill. Why why should they be the ones to have that monopoly on violence? Why? Why? Why are you in, willing to entrust them with that right? Given that you know, I don't trust the tyranny. Them. I don't like. I don't trust them. And I want to. Take Neither away do the I. Governments. I want to take away the federal government's power to kill. In a, in a, you know, in a lot of ways. I'm just saying, like, I don't believe in the. But death not. Penalty. But not entirely. You don't want to disarm them, right? Because you realize that violence is is part of life, and you have to have some mechanism to defend yourself from invading armies, right? You no, you do not defend yourself against an invading army by a civilian population armed to the teeth. That's what literally what Afghanistan not, just did. Accurate. It, what you're Afghanistan not just realistic. did that. What? Afghanistan just did that. What? They defended themselves from an invading army for basically your entire existence. They have been defending themselves from invading armies with civilian level, well armed young men. That's how they've done it. Yeah, with backing of major, major countries. In major, yeah, major proxies. Yeah. Sure. So not like just just as the Ukrainians are defending themselves from Russia with the same mechanism. But the point and, is, and these are still young men with guns that are defending themselves. What's that? Okay. I said I don't necessarily agree with that we should be arming Ukrainians, and I think that I don't think so them. either. Mm-hmm. I, I, right. I don't I think, think so either. But but they I think that but that they still a bad thing. 
uh, okay, I grant you have, that. Okay, if we're going to, uh, it's not the government and us. It's we are all part of this, and so we need to have a system to where uh, we have as much control over the federal government, all control over the federal government, all control over any sort of of government. But there has to be a monopoly of force in this, so we have control over it. If 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 you if you have a gun and and I have a gun and your buddies have guns and I, my buddies have guns, and and like how does that is that going to stop uh, you know. Is that going to stop Russia from coming over and invading us? Like, yes. I'm not necessarily against guns as a concept. I'm saying guns as a concept is a different concept than something like alcohol because the main purpose is to kill. Okay, which means that's we fine. Need but to really decide as a, you know, as democratically as possible, who's got access to this power? When we, can we use this power? If this power right. is overstepped, how can we stop that? Uh, but you that understand that the power the power ultimately lies with the person with the weaponry. And you are dictating that the people of America should not have that power, but the government should maintain it to defend us. I, I assume that's your position unless you're unless you're advocating on abolition of the military. I think that that's like not a bad way to, to go is like an abolition of a standing military. OK, then how do we defend ourselves from an invasion? The people Let's have to be armed, that. right? So. There are realistic choices that we can make. You need to dis- you need to determine, like, show why the excess number of mass shootings, which is not a lot, the excess number of gun homicides, and the excess number of gun suicides is worth the certain level of protection that you see uh, from everyone having, you know, this many guns. What's the trade-off there? England doesn't have a lot of guns in civilian hands. Uh, you know, they're a- – they're kind of about as, as successful and unsuccessful as we are in terms of in terms of the government. But the government isn't like making them all all slaves tomorrow. So well, is the excess number of deaths? I would argue that they're slaves right now. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but like is is the excess number of deaths that we have? If it's worth it to you, it's worth it to you. But yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think don't that think it is. I think I, I, guns I mean, clearly suicide. you don't think it is. But yeah, I mean, I would I say that. Uh, because I know that we could live in a society which is uh, protected from invasion as well as we are now without the level of gun suicides, gun homicides, and mass shooting victims. That okay, we so we're going to be as protected from invasion with the existing standing army, but the people, the populace being disarmed. I mean, the, you're, you're, you keep going back and forth like as to whether or not the, the military is going to still exist and be armed. I think that if we reduce the military by 50-fold, I'm fine with that. In order to okay. protect us from outside invasion, um, uh, and do all the so you want to you want an England model? What you you want an England model? I think England shows you that you can do this without like with having the same amount of kind of civilian uh, freedoms. That and I'm not saying it's perfect. There's a lot of you know a lot of things in, in both the UK and here that I would like to change. But yeah. having the gun, I mean the the, the knife homicides and. The knife homicides in the UK are through the roof because they're disarmed. I mean, the human right, nature so, is still so you're gonna me, is you're still violent. Right you're going to tell me right now the, the amount of knife homicides per capita, even in UK, is equal no. matched the number of gun homicides. I'm talking about no. excess homicides, excess yeah, no, deaths. There will be. People I, don't, I don't. I don't know what you mean by excess homicides. There, every homicide is an excess. But what uh, I'm saying is that yeah. if someone doesn't have a gun and they want to kill someone there's a chance that they may kill someone. Like if someone, you know, wants to go crazy, let's do a mass yeah. shooting, a mass shooting, for example. If, if I have a knife, if I have a gun, if I have a car, I can kill somebody. 
I have fists. I can kill somebody. Rate. Your suicide rate is much lower without a gun. A gun is basically a 99% suicide uh, success success rate. A knife is not the same. A mass, someone, a crazy person going on a mass shooting can kill a hell of a lot more people than a person with a knife who's going crazy and running through a mall. Yeah, and a person and who someone wants with to kill a, someone, someone with a bomb can kill more people than someone with a gun. Someone with a nuke can kill how someone. Can, with how come bomb? in other countries we don't see? When I talk about excess deaths, I mean how many more deaths is having guns around uh, versus just access to a knife or the ability to build a bomb. We don't I don't know. Ask North like Korea how they feel. I mean, that you're you're making it an sound as if as if that's yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. You're you you're making it sound as if there is no trade-off here. It's so evident that there's a there's trade-off. A lot, you there's always a trade-off. There's yes. always a trade-off for everything. But for you're you're downplaying it to the to the extent that it doesn't even exist, like as if it doesn't matter. Like if we're disarmed, there's nothing bad that can happen to us in terms of a tyrannical state. We already exist in a tyrannical state. You've admitted as much. We we exist in a police state, and yet you want us to be disarmed. It's you think that I'm naive in talking about breaking the country into five or six different nations. I think you're fucking crazy to have us disarmed while we exist in a police state. You're you're asking what, for what do you think worse is a miracle? Happen? What do you think worse is gonna happen? Honestly, if and and if we if if we and I'll I'll make a caveat here so you can say I'm dodging it maybe if you want, but if we do the things that I want to do, like a universal health care program, uh you know, making sure that people's lives are easier, uh, that they're less alienated, they do all those things. And then civilian guns are dramatically, dramatically reduced. Uh, do you think, what do you think the government could do then that they can't do now? What can the government do I'm, to us then that they're not already doing to us now or that... Uh, or, or I, that I don't understand what you're saying. By having universal health care, we would not have... I'm sorry. You got to connect these dots for me. I'm not understanding. Right. Sorry. So what I'm saying is that you have made the case that if the, this pop, the population is essentially, uh, you know, unarmed, you know, we got what 400 million guns in this country. Imagine if we had a million guns in this country. Uh, so the government sees that we have a million guns in this country, not 400 million. What do you think that they're going to do, or what do you think that? that opens up the door for that they're not that the government isn't already doing or can't already do today. What are they going to be like? Hot damn. There's only a million guns in this country. We can do this that we could not do before. I think that the quarantine camps that you saw in Australia and Canada and China with a disarmed population is probably what you would have seen in America because we couldn't have fought back. They wouldn't have had any, any threat or danger in telling us, Hey, you're going to go live in this camp for the next month which is what happened in those nations. So um, I think that we've already proven that okay, so gun rights. So we got, COVID, yeah. we got COVID lockdowns. It would be more stringent. Uh, yes. We can talk about whether a lot of, you know, some of them were effective or not. Okay. So that's one in, in, in your column. Okay. So COVID lockdowns could be more stringent. Is there any others? Because COVID, you know, COVID's going to go away. Uh, the world's going to go on. Uh, what more? I don't think COVID is going away. Uh, yeah. But, but you know what I mean? Like what more long-term issues, uh, is the government what's on the government's wish list that they're gonna be like we can get to this thing next now that the population is unarmed i would think that it would probably be climate lockdowns where they say that um you know carbon emissions are so dangerous you're not going to be able to fly you're not going to be able to drive uh starts i mean you already have agenda 2030 you already have the world economic forum that's propagating this narrative uh you have president biden who has said numerous times that they intend to have uh you know zero fossil fuels within 
like 10 years or something like that. Um, so and I think, think that that's, that's a bad thing to, to not get away from fossil fuels. I think if it's done in a, a voluntary fashion, I'm all for it. But if it's mandated, I mean, central planning results in shortages and uh, price increases and ultimately human suffering. So, no, I don't support that at all. Okay. Would you support a uh, national kind of uh, high-speed rail system sponsored by the government in the same way that the interstate no. highway system is sponsored by the government? No. Okay. Okay, so those are those two things. I don't see if a there's a market. Of- if there's a market demand, then then fucking some entrepreneur ought to do it. But uh, I think that the challenge, obviously, with a, na- a national rail plan is that you usually have to use um, what's the term where you basically the state acquires the property. Eminent uh, domain. Eminent domain, yeah. Uh, and ultimately, it would be very challenging for an entrepreneur to get the land rights to be able to do so. So I can impossible. understand the-, the word you're looking for. There is impossible. Well, yeah, if you're going to do a straight line the entire way. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, you don't think it would be. We're getting kind of off track. Uh, That's my that's my fault. Um, Okay, so those are kind of some of the uh, kind of just strict policies that I uh, would argue for. Uh, Basically, uh, kind of an automobile style registration uh, system, uh, raising the age of gun ownership, waiting periods, safe storage. Um, Let's Oh, and then um, ending the immunity system of gun companies, uh, and then the things that we kind of agreed on, which was um, kind of reducing the militarization of the police, and um, and reducing militarization overall. I think is another thing. I think you would agree with that. Is reducing the size of the military, having a basically military culture. uh, Yeah, I think. Uh, Well, I think I think that the the most healthy answer is like. Basically, the reason I kept asking you whether or not you wanted to still have a, a standing army is that the reality of the world to not be utopic is to understand mm-hmm. that there are threats that are abroad. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that if you're there, are people that you, who you're would going, probably want to kill you and me. Uh, yes, and and particularly because of our foreign policy over our entire lives, they've been mm-hmm. catastrophic. So we have a lot of enemies. Um, I think that obviously we would alleviate much of that pressure if we were to stop blowing up every nation on Earth. Practically, um, I would agree with but, you there. But we're ultimately going to have to be able to defend ourselves. So your preference, for whatever reason, is to entrust the monopoly on violence with the state. I think that it is better to be held by the people. Now, are there unintended consequences of that in terms of murders in, in cities, you know, skyrocketing and things like that? Of course, you're going to I mean, there is always going to be death. It is unfortunately a part of life. I'm not going to downplay it or pretend as if it doesn't exist or pretend as if having guns doesn't make it possible to kill, um, you know, more people in a quicker secession. Like, yeah, it, it, ha- it happens, of course. Um, I just think that the the net positive of being a well-armed population and diminishing the size of the federal government and its, at this point, you know, dominant position in terms of military might would ultimately amount to a much freer society and a much more just one. And I don't understand the logic of saying, I don't trust this government. This government is dangerous. It's a, it's a police state. Uh, it's militaristic. It's militarized. And yet I want them to be the only ones with that capacity. It seems totally counterintuitive to me and illogical, to be honest. Can you ex- express it one more time as to why you think that is a more just route to go? Right. So um, I think the best way to, to describe it is that uh, you don't have to trust the government to say that uh, we need a government 
or to give the government powers or, you know, uh, you don't have to trust. It. I don't trust any company. I don't trust any corporation. I don't trust any institution. Uh, but I right. give powers to, you know, uh, you know, I give powers to different institutions. I give powers to government. The, the, the kind of way to talk about this is like, like imagine if the government was just like a, uh, a, a small, a small town government or something. And, um, and you gave the government basically uh, the only power to have guns or something. They're the only, you know, the only place, the only place to have guns in a little warehouse. You know, you got your little uh, gun storage uh, system. You say we, you know, you the government are in charge of this, making sure no one gets in. But we also can determine when uh, certain, you know, guns can be used, when we can get our, we we can get guns, or when we can authorize the military. How, how do we, we dictate that to them if they have the guns? We have the funds. The money, money trumps everything. Like the guns, the guns are there. Have, have they have system, the keys. Okay, if you have a system to where like uh, you have control over the over the purse, and you can determine. Uh, you know when the government can can use force. We, I mean, we already do this. We we say that the government can use deadly force in the case of uh, of the death penalty. I don't necessarily agree with that, uh, but certain states have have said. You know, certain states have voted to get rid of the death penalty. They didn't do that by force. They voted on something, and then that got rid of one of the powers of the of the government, you know, state you know the state government to to kill someone. So you can you can control uh, the government's ability to. Uh, to commit commit violence to commit you know murder against against you or mur- murder against someone it's easier to do it the more democratic the government is and i'm not saying that right now the government is uh necessarily democratic enough for my for my liking but um it just because you don't trust an institution you know doesn't mean that you can't give that institution power because you know it's necessary like if you know that that uh, we need to be protected from invasion. You would say, "Well, I'm, I can't do this alone," but I, but uh, the government can through uh, a well-regulated militia or a, a small standing army or a coast guard or something. If you set the parameters, and any time that the government goes past those parameters at all, uh, it it becomes well, an issue. We set, but we set those parameters, and look where we're, look where we're at, brother. I mean, all right, the issues that we're describing issues going on in the world. I also think I don't trust. Uh, a lot of people to carry guns, including myself. Like, uh, so we can say who can have guns. We can regulate things. Uh, I don't trust someone, you know, uh, you know, to get behind the wheel of every car. I don't think everyone who has a license, you know, should. I think there are, you know, bad drivers out there. But we can regulate to a good degree who can drive uh, and things like that. We can do that with guns as well. So the the whole <clears throat> idea of excess deaths is that, like you said, there will be deaths. Uh, if someone wants to murder someone with a gun or with a knife, uh, there's a chance they may murder them. But excess deaths means how many more murders does having guns in the hands of every you know, more guns than there are people in this country? How many more murders is that than if uh, there weren't guns and people had to resort to knives or bombs or things like that? If you want to, okay, so we kind of go, go, went through all that. I don't know how much time you have or what you want to do. We can keep going if you want. Um, well, we'll wrap up here soon, but I do want to cover the uh, the other tweets that I screen grabbed. Do you mind? No, not at all. We can totally do that. All right. You said if Dems offer to provide something big to every American, make Republicans have to argue that people getting that thing is not good. Put them on the defensive because their politics actively hurt people. It would be almost impossible for Republicans to convince people not to get something. Um, I mean, this is just quite transparent bribery, but it's being done with, you know, tax money, which in my opinion is theft and confiscation. So 
I don't understand your worldview that you just believe that because it's going to garner you additional votes, you should run on promising the world, even if you can't deliver on it. I mean, what is, what is the claim here? No, it's not that at all. In fact, I don't understand. I, I think I wrote this, that I don't understand this idea that saying, if you vote for me, you know, you will get the, you know, I will give, I will fight for this for the people. That's not bribery. Like, we want to we vote for people who we want things from we want them to do things it's bribery if i said uh you know vote for me and i'm gonna give um i don't know like the richest guy in town uh you know everything he wants but i didn't tell you that like like he told me that and we talked about it but i didn't i didn't tell you that like it's not bribery to give people what they want i think the example that i was thinking of when i wrote that was about social security uh you know, Social Security is, is a massively popular program. It's a big program. It includes, you know, basically everyone. Uh, it's know, an insolvent program, I might add. It's not an insolvent program. but uh, Yes, it is. N- no, it's not. It's not an insolvent program. <laughs> but the thing okay. is, is that... I mean, as long as they have the printing press, I guess it's not insolvent. But um, you're going to deal with inflation to keep it whole. Anyways, go ahead. Okay. Uh, but Republicans have been trying to get rid of Social Security for decades. Uh, I don't think so. I think Social Security is a great program, and I think it's helped a lot of uh, a lot of elderly people, a lot of people retirement age, not uh, have to have to live out their final years starving. Here's the here's the point. Real quick, sorry, but what I was saying is that politically and tactically, you want to go big when you do things because once you give someone something like Social Security, and you'll probably agree with this, even if you don't agree with the program, once you give someone something like Social Security, it's very very difficult uh, to take it away. Of course. So that's why I was saying that I want to provide things for people like universal health care. And my big issue on the campaign trail was clean water. Uh, once you give. Look, man, things- I, I understand your, your rationale and it's certainly good electoral politicking to promise people things. But the reality is, is that you can't create goods. The only way you can deliver on these is to take from somebody else because the state doesn't produce anything. So you're basically advocating for the state to take more from the people, a people that already pay on average, 25 to 30% of their income annually to either the state or the federal government. At what point do you say, okay, this level of confiscation, this level of theft is too much? Because you also had another tweet where you said 99% for, you know, income over 10 million. Like where, where do you draw the line to the point that this is okay? Well, now we're in communism territory. Well, that's, that's not what communism is, but, um, I get, I get what your question is. I would say taxes wise, let's look at the 99% thing we used to have in this country. I don't think taxes are theft, you know, of course, by definition, they're not theft. Theft is a legal concept. If the government says the taxation isn't theft, taxation isn't theft. Well, I would argue that theft is not a legal concept. It's my property. It's a property rights issue. Not a, not a legal one. Property is a legal concept, but I don't think so. Yeah, I know. know. But what I'm going to say is it, is this, is that I don't think taxation is theft, but if you're just looking at as far as a tax, as far as like an effective system, we used to have in this country over like 90% was the top marginal tax rate for around two and a half million dollars in today's money uh, was the top, was the top tax rate. 90% FDR, who I assume you're not a big fan of, once threatened a hundred percent marginal tax rate as the top uh, tax rate. Um, Right. So what I'm saying is that if you think like I do, which again is a uh, you know socialist commie who wants to take all your all your all your money and, and, and steal everything from you, 
if you think like that um then you know you should be a little bit selfish and say look i'm not i i never even am going to uh expect to get a job that pays 10 million dollars a year you know i want to be paid well for you know the jobs that i have but like i at this point am trying to work you know in different policy system you know systems and things like that uh, i'll never have a job like that so it makes sense for me and everyone else who is never going to expect to to make that kind of money teachers firemen, to steal from those that will to tax the wealthiest people <laughs> in this country no, no. What's you understand that's what it is right i mean it's so obvious you're saying i'm never going to make this income so i'm going to steal the wealth from anybody that does no i'm going to tax and bring people down <laughs> to an actual living you know tax a living income system there's no reason for people to make over 10 million dollars a year there's not why why if the market if the market deems it so why there's no reason if you produce that amount of value beneficial it's not socially bullshit income the people that make huge sums the the market is dictating that they are providing that kind of social value because they're saying we want this product so badly that we're willing to purchase it in mass all across the world that the market is speaking to things does jeff bezos has jeff bezos done personally like that he needs his personal wealth to be billions and billions of dollars he's totally revolutionized the delivery system for goods i mean he's All revolutionized he internet shopping and, and commerce the u.s postal service which could have done the same system and he guess what he guess what he decided i'm gonna make a bookstore but online wow right and he did and he did happen. that through the government that you support the one that right. i oppose i support the government so, too. so don't preach to me about it he wouldn't have had that monopoly and and been able to arbitrage the the postal system if there wasn't one. But you well, want if one, uses, so if he uses a government system like that. Then the government can come in and say that's great. Uh, you put books online. Wow, no one was ever going to do that later on. Uh, that's great. They used our system, and now he, we're going to take ninety nine percent of your income above a certain level. So because taxation isn't theft, like we create <laughs> that system. No, no, no. If we create the. He is paid in. In U.S. dollars, his wealth is based in U.S. dollars. That is, that is right. a government system. Your wealth is based in U.S. dollars, so the government can say, "Look, like you have this money, and that money is worth what it is because of us, because of we, of the people in the government. We can tax that back and use that." To That's absurd to be to say that the money absurd. is worth because of the people in the government. Are you kidding what is, me? What is the money worth? What, what it's worth? It's worth what it's worth because you wake up supply tomorrow and in the United States of America. That's why it's worth what it's worth. If you woke up tomorrow in Somalia, the, the, that dollar wouldn't be worth what it is. That's we not true. The U.S. dollar is the most traded currency on the world on the planet. Right. That's because the U.S. is the most powerful country on the planet. It's not because the dollar has any magical properties. Right. About because it. of the military-industrial complex, which we both right. oppose. So, right. But you're supporting it because that's no, how I'm the value that is are, actually there dictated. There are benefits of that. You support it because you want the dollar to be a, worth a certain way. I don't. I want to abolish. Everything. I want to abolish the dollar and allow for uh, you know, private currencies. Private currencies. Oh my god, that, that system uh, does not work. We tried that. You know, <laughs> it didn't. It didn't work that, for the hundred years during the foundational at a certain level. If if we're what? hampered by these arbitrary, you know, limitations, including private currency, like supply and demand. That's yeah, that's a real that's arbitrary limitation. No, no, no. What? But. Anyways. Yes, it is. That's the entire basis of value for a currency. It's a supply and demand issue. That's the whole reason it has purchasing power. When you flood the economy with additional units of currency, the purchasing power drops because the supply and the demand gets thrown on its head. That's the whole reason inflation is happening right now. 
So no. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. I don't think you know what you're talking about when it comes to currency, to be perfectly honest. No, I I, I do. See, the, the reason you, don't. you can have no look, the reason you can have more currency in circulation, print more dollars and, and, and not necessarily have inflation is if the economy is growing, then that if there are more things for people to buy, it doesn't matter if there are more dollars out there. You, the dollar is worth what it's worth for a multitude of reasons, one of which is is because the U.S. economy and the U.S. government is as big as it is and because it's as stable as it is. There are a lot of problems in this world and a lot of problems in this country, but you're going to wake up tomorrow and this country is probably going to still exist. At least for as a while. Much, as, at least as much. You know, it may not, but at least as much as any other country in, this, in, in the world. The U.S. The US government will at least have as much of a chance of surviving every empire falls brother as the next country every empire falls right it's going to happen in your lifetime i'm just being straight with you okay okay that's you're trying to predict things without any sort of evidence for it no it's based off of the death of the dollar which is coming because of the policies you advocate for taxing the ultra rich like having a no you want to have fucking you want to have social safety nets for everything you want to just you just want to bribe people into voting for you as as you've said you never get these programs to go away once they're there so you want to have a a tax basis that's so fucking enormous that it becomes you know not just obviously theft but confiscatory to the point that it's like north of 50 percent of our income i it it diminishes production when you tax people to that extent it's completely counter to a free market economy You could have a system – like I could have a system where I tax 99% for any dollar over uh, $100, you know, $100 a year income. I think that would be ridiculous and not and not uh, appropriate. You know, I want their right. pe- people to have money. But I could also have a system where I tax 99% of every dollar above $10 million a year and not really have any sort of negative impact on uh, productivity – or uh it's just it's just it's just patently false it's just patently false i mean the the highest the highest producing individuals do so because they can make enormous sums of money if you cap it at 10 million you will see a diminishment in production that's just reality why would they continue to work as hard as they have if if it weren't for the outsized returns that they can make on their efforts why out of the goodness of their heart they're just going to keep going why do people who work jobs that don't make 10 million dollars work hard do teachers like not because they're hard? trying to make as much money as possible? No, no, no. A teacher chooses a, to be a teacher be, because they'll never, never, ever expect to be a millionaire. It's not like if I'm going to be the best teacher in the school, that means I'll get paid five million dollars a year. No, no, no. The, the amount of money you make, I mean, that just depends on the industry, too. Like, the amount of money you make doesn't necessarily correlate with how hard you work. You know, pe- people right. work very, it depends very on your hard skills and the supply food. and demand of that labor. If you have a unique skill set, you will be paid more. If you want to be a public school teacher, you will not get paid much. Right. Even though they work very, very hard. Public school teachers do not work very, very hard. Please. Okay. So just because you're demonizing public school teachers, like, doesn't mean it's true. Teachers. Yeah. I mean, they're basically prison wardens. Why should I, why should I hold them in high regard? You should hold teachers in as high as regard as anyone especially higher than anyone who has a job that makes over $10 million. Oh, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Do you, think, do you honestly, like, like I, I assume you're like an Elon Musk fan. Are you appreciate Elon He's Musk? He's all right. Do you think Elon Musk, like, just, just honestly here, do you think he works harder day to day than any, like, public school teacher in this country? 
Do you really think not, it's not e- it's not even close? It's not even close. The dude the dude sleeps in the Tesla Tesla factory most nights, and then he's been sleeping in Tesla's uh, or in uh, Twitter's, uh, you know, headquarters over the is past month. I mean, is? like he chooses to do those things, but like he okay, so work. so so working hard is not actually working hard. Also, he doesn't do that. He tells people he does that, but. At the end of the day, dude, he's he's had he's had meetings that have been publicly held at two three a.m. with his production team or with his development team of Twitter. I mean, this guy works crazy hours, but that's not really the point. Effort no, the does point not really matter. It's about it's about your skill set and the uniqueness therein. You tried to make a correlation between how much someone works and how much they're paid because you said no, that the people you made that correlation. I did not. Yes, you did. You I did not make, make that. over ten million dollars a year deserve that because of how hard they work. No, I said, I said that they will stop. I said they will stop working as hard if they are capped at ten million. Like if I if I'm making twenty million a year and I can do that for six months and make ten, and then after that I can make nothing because of your fucking crazy tax rate. I'm not going to work the full year. It's very simple. I was an entrepreneur. Why? I made a very good living. Business grow? Do you not want to see like if you build business you know, grow for what? So I can fucking have it all stolen from me? Of course I'm not going to work the rest of the year. Dollars. What do you mean it's all stolen from you? You have you are stealing every dollar over ten million, and you think I'm going to continue to work for fucking funsies? Are you out of your mind? Of course I'm not going to continue. I said your personal income. Do you not want to see your business grow? Your ideas generate and and, and flourish. I'll go do something else. I'll go. I'll go pursue a passion project. I have other things I could do. That's not a bad thing either. Pursue a passion project. If you've done something at ten million (laughs) dollars, then every dollar that you've made like over that is worth less and less to you. Would you agree with that? That your 10 million in first dollar isn't worth as much as your first $50,000. Someone who makes sure. who makes $50,000 a year, every single dollar of that is worth so much more to them than your 10 million in first dollar. Would you agree with that? Yes. Right. Because so it, if I it, tax yeah, you I have to deal with my rate, my base if, needs. If I tax you at a higher rate, if I tax your 10 million in first dollar, cuz remember you still have 10 million dollars. If I tax your right. 10 million in first dollar at 99%, that's about as, as much as that dollar's worth to you. About 10 no, cents. No, because I'm, I'm not going to work at all. You'll never see anyone reporting income over $10 million in your system. You will just have people lying. You'll have tax uh, loopholes. You'll have evasion. No one is going to give 99% of any of the dollars that they earn to the government. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. It's never going to happen. They used to. They did not. They did not go back and look. Go back and look at the tax receipts. The highest margin of tax rate was ninety (laughs) percent. Was it not? Yeah, I know the tax rate was ninety percent. Go back and look at what they actually received in terms of tax receipts. You never got a bump over forty percent because it's impossible to take that from people. It's impossible. People will not do it. Look at Italy. Italy has extraordinarily high tax rates, and because of that, they have the highest rate of tax evasion in the world. That's what people do. They stop reporting. EU more as a country than than each of the people stop reporting, dude. You're never going to fucking tax people ninety percent on any percentage of their their income. They're not going to do it. Ninety percent. They didn't pay it. I'm telling you, they didn't pay it. Go look at the actual tax receipts. They did not go up. Then if the the law is ninety nine percent, maybe we'll get eighty because it's pointless. Percent of that. No, no, it's not pointless. There's a lot of benefits. There's benefits, first of all, we pay for those programs that you say are uh, ridiculous, like Social Security, uh, Medicare, um, you know, food stamps, anything like that. So we, we could pay for those. I, did, you would I didn't agree say that any that, of those were ridiculous. Right? Like you would, What's you that? Would agree that? You would agree that the money that we take 
after that could be could be used. Not saying it should be, but could be used to pay for programs like that. Like if I take in that ninety yeah. ninth uh, marginal tax rate, I could use that that money that's stolen, right? To the, pay the for money that programs. you're not going to get, but yes, yeah, theoretically okay. you could use it for. So both your... it would stop people from working because they would have to pay all that money, and it wouldn't work, so they would never get that money. Okay. Correct. So, but it would be effective. So maybe I just wanted to be effective. It would. Oh, be it's effective. not effective if you don't actually get the money. You said it. What, what are you talking about? It would disincentivize someone from working. Right. So they're not going to work. So you're not going to get that money. So what are you fucking giving to the people back with it? You pay your taxes, right? I, actually, I don't want to. Not I, if it was ninety percent. I wouldn't. What if it was ninety percent over ten million? Would you pay that? What 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 is this hypothetical? I don't make ten million dollars a year. So what the fuck okay, question I, I, is I, that? I, no. I, uh, it's also easier to, uh, I mean, it's hard to collect taxes like that. It's also easier when you hire more IRS agents and the more agents you hire produces, uh, you know, for every dollar you put into the IRS, you get like what, uh, $6 back in terms of how much money you actually collect. So, I mean, you wouldn't collect 99%. I mean, that's true what I said, but you wouldn't collect 99%, no, but you'd collect a lot. And that could be used. To no, it isn't. It's not true because you're you're discounting the fact that the money that you have taken from the system wouldn't have been circulating and creating additional capital flow as well. You're just you're just basically taking what happens with the tax dollars and discounting the fact that you have stolen that from somebody else that would have used it in their day to day lives as well. So, so that so whole multiplier audience, effect is a total lie to your audience. When rich people make that much money, they don't circulate it in the economy. They sit on it. Bullshit. They like, fucking invest. Big, and when you invest, that money gets put back in the economy. Do you know that an investment ultimately is the money going back in the economy? You know that, right? But they don't Do you think that the people just they don't invest bullshit. All their money. Rich people they don't invest their money. They don't invest all their money. It sits in a bank okay. account, and they use it to, to 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 collect loans in order to avoid taxes. But if we took that's, all that a, money, that's a, that's an outright invested, lie. I was a money manager invested, with invested it into programs such as uh, universal health care, such as a universal food program. Uh, then it would actually be used for something beneficial to society. It would be both effective, and I think moral. And I know I, you I don't think you're on the moral. I don't think that you're in touch with reality, man. I, I I was a money manager. I worked with people that were some of the wealthiest people on the planet, and they all invested their their life savings as aggressively as possible because they knew that they could they could grow it. It's just not it's not reality that that rich people sit on their money. That's just they not sit, true. No, no, it, it is a hundred percent true. They sit on their. It's, money. I just told you that I worked with these people. I, I was the one that was deploying their wrong. capital. You were wrong. <laughs> Yeah. So you're telling me that I didn't do it? I'm telling you that you are wrong. Like, I'm telling you that when a rich person has a bunch of money, that money does not circulate in the economy. Yes, it fucking does. No, it doesn't. It doesn't help the economy. It just sits there. It, it's it's a money making, money making money grow. That doesn't help the economy. When we actually use the money to provide, it doesn't provide any products. Like, it doesn't provide food for people. It doesn't provide housing for people. It doesn't provide health care for people. It may sit in a bank it, account. Literally in my job, I took these wealthy people's capital and I and I gave it to developers to build homes. That was okay. all of those those construction guys were doing that work because of the wealthy people that were trying to make a return on their investment. Not to mention the end user who was then purchasing it and then deploying it as rental capital or trying to flip it or sell it or whatever else. All of this and, and being a landlord and siphoning money off from people. You're a land you, you you're a landlord supporter. You don't, like I don't know why like yeah I believe in property rights. Because I believe, believe in property rights. You believe in the government, like using the power of the government, the power of violence to 
to protect your property. Defend rights. my would... property? Yes, I believe in defending my property. No, do you believe in the government defending your property? In the current system, if I'm not allowed to defend it myself, then so yeah, okay I would want that, some mechanism. You're not okay with you know the government doing other things. You're just okay with the government doing things that you. I, I literally that. just I just I told I you that if I'm not allowed to legally defend it myself, then I, someone has to, and if they won't, then I will. Just as I told you with my car, if they were to come and take all of our vehicles for some fucking crazy reason, the, the American people aren't going to put up with it because ultimately we believe in property rights, and this is why you don't belong in the same country as me. Because I'm you don't believe in property rights. I believe in property rights, but I believe in other no, rights. No, you don't. Believe, you I don't believe, believe in property rights. rights. If I buy a house and I want to fucking lease that to somebody else, you think it's illegal or immoral or criminal or whatever the fuck, but you don't believe in scummy. property rights. Because if you I, I did, I would be able to do whatever I want with that property because I made that money and I deployed it to purchase a property. The property that I have a right to, to deploy however I want and you think that I shouldn't be able to. You don't believe in property rights. Just be honest about it. So I do believe in property rights. I don't believe in absolute property rights. And I don't believe in absolute, like, any rights. I believe that people have a right to food. I believe that people have a right to health care. I believe people have a right to security, which is really what this conversation is about. But how do we get to that? And what is really helping security? What is really helping, you know, people live their lives day to day? I'm saying that you draw, draw, draw lines arbitrarily, like we all do. We all draw lines arbitrarily. But then you like to say it's some sort of principle that, like, you don't want the government doing this, this, and this because you don't want the government doing things because you want to. You're, you're wrong. The government. I have no, no, no. I have already told you that I would defend my property if I was allowed to, but you're I'm not without property. going to war. You are allowed to defend your property. To a, How? To a degree. If, and the government's okay, so if, if someone if someone's renting my property, they don't pay their rent, and I have to evict them, and I go in there with a gun to get them out, as the sheriff does right now during our current system, guess what? I will have broken the law. But so I am not also, legally allowed to defend that property. Okay, that's defending your money, not defending your property. If that's my motherfucking house, property, dude. That's de house it's right like now. definitional property. Okay, if someone comes into your house right now, not the house that you own to uh to to rent out to other people to your house right now you're allowed to defend defend yourself and your property but what i'm saying is that all these rules all these rights have limitations and we we need to decide what those limitations are do i want you to have a uh a gatling gun or a machine gun on top of your property in a in a moat with an alligator surrounding it to protect it no i don't but do i think you Sounds have a awesome. reasonable right to protect your property if if someone comes in who's not invited or a burglar or something comes in yeah i do but I also think that that should include health, you know, rights to health. I believe it also includes, uh, you know, all sorts of things. But what I'm saying is that you don't seem to believe that you make as many kind of arbitrary distinctions as anyone else. I'm not making any arbitrary distinctions. I don't want there to be a government at you all. Want there to, you want the government to protect your property. Would you, you no? You accept, I accept said that. if the system exists today, I would want them to defend my property because it exists. I would rather it not. Okay. That's not arbitrary. That's just saying that if there is going to be a state, yes, I should have the right to defend my property, but they are taking that right away from me, particularly because of people like you that vote against landlord rights because you think it's immoral or whatever the fuck because you're socialist and un-American is all get landlord out. Landlord is a bit but, scummy. It's, it's literally rent-seeking, which is a bad policy. It's uh, literally okay, it's a bad policy. No, it is. Come on, man. No, it is. So, but but I, I, I have I have worked I have worked my fucking 
hands to the bone to be able to purchase just two properties and I want to rent that out to make a little income to pay off the mortgage on it and you think it's scummy. You're an asshole because you no, don't want anyone to be able to self-sustain. You don't want anyone to be able to actually look after themselves. You want them to be a ward of the state from cradle to grave. It's embarrassing and un-American as fuck. That's no, a no, fact. No, 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 no. And also, so you want to you want to buy all the properties and have other people rent them out to pay for your mortgage and where you live. So you want them to work uh, in order to make money to pay rent to you so you could pay for the mortgage for those properties. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because I was the one that purchased the property. If they could do it, they would have. Okay. Yeah, so they're in a position that's a, a, a more kind of catastrophic position than you are. You were in a position to buy a house. Come on. They were not in a position to buy a house. So because of that, they have to pay your mortgage, and I, I assume you take a little off the top too. It's not. I, I've, I've sold. I've sold all my rental properties, so this is not even uh, something that I'm dealing with right now. It. What? You've made like a profit off of it, right? I've made money. I've lost money on housing investments. Yeah, both. Okay. So because there's a risk involved, and I took that risk, and I deserve to make the rewards the if there's rewards. What? What was the risk? Did you? How young are you? You really don't think that there's any risk in purchasing property? You, is there a are risk you... of someone renting a property from a crappy landlord? What's the bigger risk? They're able to What's... move out. If I've... <laughs> the, the, the obvious bigger risk is that I have a half a million dollars in a house and someone comes in there and they fucking destroy it. I mean, that's a pretty big risk. What about if yeah, I purchase the property for 500000 and then the market tanks and now it's worth three hundred? I've lost two hundred grand. while you've had a shitty landlord experience. Let, let's just be honest. You've never owned any property, so you don't have any idea what the experience is of being on the other side of it. You think it's all fucking sunshine and rainbows because you've only ever been a tenant or lived with your parents or something. Tell me, tell me you've actually owned a property. No, I don't have to tell you anything. Because you haven't. Because you don't understand the experience. You just look at the other side. This is all about envy. Your entire political structure is envious. It's just envy. Is that ugly? Is that is that more ugly than rent seeking, as you describe as this immoral, this moral blight? You collect, you seek rent. You collect rent. That's rent seeking behavior. I want to get back to something you said though. You you said earlier, you said that as long as we have a a society or government or something, uh, then you want to see that government protect your property, right? So as long as we have society or government, are, do you want that government to provide health care for people? No. Why is there a difference? Just because... because... Because one requires the labor of someone else. I've already, I've already purchased the property. I'm not asking you to fucking go to medical school and to deliver me free health care. It amounts to slavery. So you don't believe that like, there's a right to an attorney? You don't believe people have a right to an attorney. Um, that's a tough one. I've never even thought about it, to be honest. I yeah, think that you probably deserve a right, but I would. It's the same. It's no, the same thing. it's not the same because it's you're you're forced into that position by the state itself. So does the state have an obligation to then allow you to defend yourself or present someone with an opportunity? I, I think that ideally it would be done voluntarily by law firms, but. I guess it's probably necessary in our current system to do it in a uh, mandated fashion. It's 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 always been it's always been necessary. But what I'm saying is that you've chosen you've chosen property rights, which I believe it. You've chosen property rights. You don't like, believe in property rights. I do. I do believe. You in don't believe rights. in property rights. Yes, I Let's do. Let's just be very clear. You don't believe in property rights because you're telling me that I'm not able to own more than one home. 
In what world is there property rights if you're limiting my acquisition of property, definitional property, to one? Okay, so there's a difference between an absolute property right and a property right. I believe you have property rights. I believe if you own a property that you live in, uh, that, you know, you can defend it. You can do basically what you want. By the way, you can't do everything you want now. You can't play music as loud as you want. You can't... uh, you know, burn piles of trash in your backyard in certain places. So there, there are already limits. But what I'm saying is that you've chosen property rights as something that if we're going to have society, the sub, this thing that you hate, uh, that you want I don't the benefits hate society. of society. I mean, the thing that you don't like, the government, the thing that you don't want. If yeah, we're going to have it, government. Then, then if, as long as we're going to have it, we should have these property rights. That's your decision of whatever you believe those rights are. But what I'm saying is that you've made an arbitrary determination that the property rights are worth more than the rights to health care or uh it's not arbitrary no no, it is my it's my labor i own my labor i own myself so i own my labor and i own the return on that labor you don't believe that i own myself because you believe that you have a right to steal the rewards of that labor and take it and distribute it to your electorate you also don't believe that i have a right to own any more than one house couldn't be more arbitrary than that so it is arbitrary. let's not pretend as arbitrary. if I'm if I'm being arbitrary when everything about your political worldview Every, is arbitrary. No, everything is arbitrary. We make these determinations. I, I do have just one more example. Um, we're getting a little off track, but I do have just one one more example. Um, as far as property rights is concerned, property rights isn't just you defending your property. If you own a piece of land, and I've I've stolen this from someone else's example. If you own a piece of land and uh, Exxon comes up to you, and they say, hey, uh, we've determined you have oil under that land. Uh, we're going to take it. What are you going to do? Defend my property. Okay, they say, that's great. We've got 100 people who we've hired, and we're going to take it. What are you going to do? I'll either turn to the government and say, I have property rights. Are you going to defend them? No. Then I'm going to turn to my neighbors and say, hey, these lunatics are coming to steal our fucking property. Are, are say, we going to do something about it? And then Exxon will say, uh, that's great, Clint. Uh, we're going to go to your neighbors, and we've got more resources than you. So we're just going to pay them like five times whatever you were going to pay them, and they're going to turn against you. Then what do you do? I don't understand. I mean, the the threat to them is the same as it is to me. If they're saying that they're going to steal, I mean, I'm talking no, to the neighbors. You're the only one with the oil. You're the only one with the oil. No, it's just I'm a straight saying... shot down. What I'm saying is, I mean, that, it's just it's kind of an absurd no, hypothetical. No, 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 let's no, no, be honest. No, no. You are going to lose that. What I'm going to what I'm saying is that property rights, your property rights, are only there because the government inherently defends them, inherently points a gun at other people and says, if you threaten Clint's property rights, whatever we determine those to be, you know, we have an obligation, like you said, to to protect to protect his rights. Right. What I'm saying but is that you could be that, that could be done. You want it, but how come that determination is okay? But other determinations aren't. How come? Because I, I, I've literally just explained it to you that I own, I own myself, property? I own my labor, I own the product of what my if labor. I don't own property. Do I just not have those rights? Do I just not? You, I don't you have, have the, property. No, you don't I have don't the right to property rights. because you haven't earned it. You have the right to your own it. body, though, because you own you own so that. You, so you don't believe in inheritance then? Because you don't. No, the, yes, that's property rights. It's inherit. being it's being transferred from one person to another in a but voluntary. That person, yeah. has, that person has to own it, or earn it. They do own it. To earn it. Yeah, you don't have any property because you haven't earned anything, or it hasn't been granted to you by a relative. Sure, 
but it's still property rights. There's nothing inconsistent about that. I have a right to my property and I have a right to transfer that to whoever I want to. That's what I'm like saying contract is how law. that right exists, but a right to universal health care does not exist. Because I own myself, I own my labor, and I own the return on that labor. I, I, we're going in circles. I've already explained it to you. It's very clear. Yeah, you, I don't you, have, you have a right to someone else's labor. actually explained how, why the government should uh, protect your rights but not protect other people's rights when it comes to safety. Or you don't have a right health. to safety, and you don't have a right to health care. That is the right labor of someone else. But that is the labor of someone else. property without earning it. So that idea that— Because it's transferred labor, through no, property but, law— that's how it works. By the government. And it doesn't have to be, though. It doesn't have to be, though. What do you call it? It's a government. If uh, you said property law, you could say the law. If it was voluntarily no entered into, that, that would be government. different. It's what? not voluntarily entered into at this point. So that's why I don't, I don't believe that it's just because I didn't voluntarily enter into it. If I was able to, if it was a city, uh, you know, some sort of just agreement amongst the people that live in a city that they say, we're going to respect gun rights and property rights, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, well, that's somewhere I would like to live. What's rights. that? And the rights to health and security. Well, that's where you would food. live. I wouldn't want to live there. That's where you, you would live. Like, that's why I said right you should be in New York. I should be in Kentucky. What's that? You don't want like to have the right to have clean food or clean water. You don't believe people have that right. You don't have a fucking right to any of that. Of course not. But you have a right to property, even if you didn't earn it. Because of property it's law. It's been transferred because the person because who did law, earn it, the person who did earn it. What is that? What does someone else earning it have? To, what if I just took it? Then I would fight you to keep it. By, what do you mean? That's that's well, that's the whole the whole the mechanism for property rights is violence. Something no, that you okay, don't want right, me to be capable of doing. You want me to have to rely on the state to defend my property. I'm telling you, I don't want there to be a state to defend my property. The fact that you have a property right is determined by the government. You could call it uh, common law, or you can call it property law, you can call it whatever you want. But at the end of the day, that only exists in the, in the world that we live in. It only exists because the government inherently protects your right. In our current paradigm, correct. But that's not how it's always been throughout human history. I'm sure you that, know that. No, any sort of society has always protected, to one degree or another, the property rights and the rights of people, the rights to free speech, the rights to uh, freedom of assembly. All those are protected by the government, and all those are only there not because the always in exists. human history it hasn't. No, that is not true. No, it is There's true. numerous examples. Uh, dude, you're, it's so weird. You just assert things you know nothing about. It's fat. It's you fascinating just, to be just, honest. You have made this arbitrary distinction that your property rights which are protected by the government and it only exists because the government exists. You don't have a, like a right to property unless the government says you have a right to property. That's bullshit. If I have a right to defend myself and I have a right to my own labor and I have a right to my own body, then I have a right to the product of my labor, which means I have a right to defend my property. So I could do that without a state. I can't do that because I live no, around people just, like you. I just said, what if Exxon comes and says, we're going to take that land? You're right, whatever you call it, is worth jack. Okay, yeah, Mike makes right, bro, but that's that's exactly what you want. You just want the state to no, have no, no, a monopoly no, 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 on no, violence. No, no, no. I'm saying is that you only have your property rights because of the state. You can call it property rights. You could say you wish that you had property rights, All right. but it only exists because the state is there to defend it. 
Yeah, but that hasn't always been the case in human history, and it doesn't have to be. You're describing our current paradigm and acting as if you're some fucking deep philosopher. This is All not I'm... a thing that has existed throughout human history. It, it, it doesn't have to persist forever. I am arguing it against it. I'm saying I should have a right to defend my own property. I would rather what, do that, in fact. What I am insisting is that you have made a determination that property rights should be defended by the government in the current system. Whatever you think of that, uh, you know, is, is your own business. But what I'm saying is that you've made that determination, not based off some like actual, like absolute principle, but you've made an arbitrary determination based upon. No, what there's you nothing arbitrary about it. I've already described exactly the the philosophical principle by what by which I reached that conclusion. You just disagree with and, it and, because no, no, no. And, and your, I don't know why your philosophical principle was because you've you've earned it or you've produced it with your labor that that's the right. basis of the philosophical principle but then you also said yes. you could have property rights because someone just gives you something because because of, they have right to that property because of their how, labor but, but you said because the person who owns the property has mixed their labor with the with the like with the property not this third person who just gives it to you how come this third person gets the property rights because have they have the right Again, to their property to do what they want with it. If you don't, well, if you don't have that right, you don't have property rights at all. If you can't decide where you transfer and you utilize that capital or that property, then you don't have property rights. You're basically arguing against the fundamental principles of property rights and saying, "Look at you! You're just arbitrarily drawing lines." No, I'm not. I'm saying that no, this no, no. is a principle from it. its basis. You can, have, you can have property rights. You've just made the determination that that's a right that you can have, but not other rights. The right to clean water. Because, is right. because it is, I own myself. I don't own someone else. You, you don't own the doctor and get to decide that I am forced to be stolen from so that you can go and get medical care. You're, you're basically not just endorsing confiscatory policies, but also slavery ultimately, because no, you don't no, have enough supply and demand true. to get enough doctors to supply the, the market demand right now. No, no. Having having a right to health care is not tantamount to slavery. That's like a that's a Rand Paul talking point that is is just not true. That's not what slavery is. What I'm saying is that you if, made if you're saying you have a right to someone else's labor, that is slavery. Definitionally. How is it not? Tell me how it's not. Don't you have a right to someone's labor when they work for you for a certain period of time? That's agreed upon. That's voluntary. Okay. You're coercing it. You're so forcing it. Doesn't have to become a doctor. slavery. And if they become a doctor. They're not automatically like, you know, have to have to get this, have to deal with this person at this exact time. So it's not slavery because they can choose, uh, you know, they can make the determination. I work on this many patients a week, blah, 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 blah. OK, then you don't have enough doctors to, to meet the demand. So what do you do? Those people have a right, Connor. They have a right to that health care, according as to you. As long as we have so the system we have, they, they, your rights only come from the system that you live in. If there weren't enough doctors to... Right. Uh, like we right now don't have enough lawyers to supply that right to an attorney, but you still have that right to an attorney, even if right. like, so the, you, so you have backlogs, correct? So what happens when you have a backlog in healthcare, you had backlogs but you had a right, healthcare. you had you a right to a doctor, but you can't get one because there's not enough supply. You have backlogs right now in healthcare. Most of those backlogs are money yes. backlogs. And, and you also, have longer backlogs you know, in socialized right healthcare states like Canada right and the when UK. You have an emergency, when you have an emergency or you're pregnant, you have a right to be taken care of. It, you, it, it is right now, if you go into the emergency room with a gunshot wound, or you know, maybe we don't talk about guns, or if you go in and, you're, and you're, you're, you're pregnant and you're about to give birth, you have a right right now to medical care. 
how is that in your world that wouldn't be possible but it is possible because we as a society say you have that right even though that doctor has to take care of you they're not a slave if so right now those OB and they still bill you people are those trauma surgeons are slaves because they have to they must now that does that mean that they have to do it right that second or you know they well, they're, they're not slaves because they can actually quit their job, and they also bill so, the okay, people. So same thing with if, 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 if we had a right to a doctor. They could not become and then, a doctor. And then all the doctors quit because you're not able to pay Why them enough. The and then you don't have any fucking doctors, so good luck. You, you've you've the fixed the whole problem. Doctors and those people, all trauma surgeons already have to do that. So the world you're saying would exist doesn't exist now, and we have the same situation. We have a situation. We don't have fully have socialized take- healthcare, and in the countries that you do, you have longer waiting lists for cancer treatments and things like that, and people okay. die you, regularly. And you know that. You know that's true. So why are you pretending know, as if that's not the case? Now. People are in line now. They just—it's a money line. That's—it's the, there's no difference. There's no difference between like if you're on a waiting. list. There's a huge difference because no, if no, you have the money, you can get the care, and and you get the care because what? Because there was because you have the money. Because you took the place of someone. When you have because money, you have the money. You have more, no, you have more money, which means you took the place of someone else. That line still exists. That's how that's how life works, Connor. When you want a good and you don't have the money, well, then you have to rely on charity. That's how it works. No, we we have a system like we could have a system. We could have a life that works like if you need a non-emergency procedure, then you get in the line like everyone else. Right now, we have that line. There's already a line. You just get to cut the line when you have enough money. That's, I mean, All right. we could have a system like Canada. We could have a system like the UK. We just choose not to. We make these choices, but we could have those systems. By the way, are doctors in the UK and doctors in Canada slaves? Do you think they still have doctors? Do you still think those They have a shortage. Have they have, have shortages shortage. here. We have shortages here. Yeah, because we're getting closer and closer to a socialized model. You, no, you no, figured no, it no. out. No, no. Yes, it is. That is no. why. And also because they need tort reform because they get sued into oblivion oh, constantly. Do you think that tort reform is going to solve like any any problem? Any problem except making it harder for people to actually like you know receive compensation for 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 bad doctors. You have not studied anything. Tort reform won't do anything. That is a a fool's errand. But we could talk I mean if you want to keep going about this, we kind of we've kind of lost the track as far as guns are concerned. Any 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 commenters want to uh, ask any questions? Feel free. Um, let's let's hit your your last uh, tweet. Oh, I guess it was just three. So we already covered them. It was just the uh, the ninety nine percent tax rate. I think is... there was a vaccine one there. If you want to talk about it real quick. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Let's do that. So I think I said something about how uh, it's ridiculous that that people that the conspiracy that COVID has to do with like. Uh, pharma- pharmaceutical companies and the vaccines because the pharmaceutical companies already make profits off every other drug. Oh, that's right. Like that. Yeah, that one's fucking hilarious. So you think that these greedy capitalist pigs don't want to make more money? No, I, <laughs> I mean, do. I think, what is your logic there? I think I think they do. I think if I think two things. First of all, I think a solution to that would be nationalizing the pharmaceutical industry. I would like to hear your solution about that. <laughs> Certainly not nationalizing any industry. Um my my solution to to what the predatory nature of our medical industrial complex or pharmaceutical industrial complex what what solution are you looking for well i think just like 
Yeah, like okay, just like a, the pharmaceutical industry. I don't believe that the pharmaceutical industry is is good. I think it's predatory. Uh, yeah, it's terrible. It, and, I, and, I mean, and, I think you want to talk about liability protection for for you know gun companies. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's anything more dangerous than the the liability uh, shield that they have on vaccines, especially when the product is then turned around and mandated. That would be like having a liability shield on gun ownership and then forcing everyone to own a gun, despite the quality of that firearm, it would be very, very dangerous. And that's essentially what we've done with the vaccine system in America. Um, and I think that we're paying a terrible price for it. So I think first and foremost, you have to put liability back on these companies. They make outsiders returns. And then secondarily, you cannot mandate a product be consumed in mass by the people. I mean, that is, if you own your body, if you don't believe in prohibition, you certainly should agree with me that you do not have a right to force anything in someone's body. It verges on rape. And uh, I think that it's immoral and disgusting and ultimately has to be fought as hard as possible. Okay. Um, I guess I don't want to get too kind of into this because we could go off on a whole thing. I think I think just, just quickly my whole thing is like why I believe vaccines are okay and like a vaccine mandate isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, well, first of all, it's like you don't have to take the vaccine. I mean, that's never been the case you had to take the vaccine. So, in one essence, it's not a mandate. Uh, if the government says, if you want to hey, keep your job, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty. It's a pretty high high ask. Well, that I mean, I don't know. You could have, you could have done the free market thing. You could have saved money. You could have, uh, like the, you said, with your. your it's so it's so funny. You have all this sympathy for the poor. You have all this sympathy for the poor, and then as soon as it comes down to daddy government dictating what gets put in your body, you have no sympathy for them whatsoever. Well, you should have you should have budgeted better, bud. Well, hey, Connor, when you think that I own too many properties, you should have budgeted better so you could own one too. How about that? Well, I think you're. I just think you're being. Who's, who's being callous here? I'm not being callous because what I'm saying. Yes, is you that, fucking like, are. No, what I'm saying is that it's not a mandate. Like you could. You could. I think it's, that it's it could absolutely a mandate. What I'm saying is they're, that they're, they're saying they're saying if I you think... want to have a, a federal government job with or or anything over 100 employees, thank God the Supreme Court agreed and said that that is not constitutional. But for a while, it looked like it was going to be the case that basically I think it was 80 percent of people in this country, if they wanted to maintain their employment, would have been mandated to uh, take that injection. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that I think that vaccine mandates can be doing, done better. Um but I don't necessarily see something wrong with that. Uh, vaccines are necessarily... This government you don't trust, you don't see anything wrong with them deciding what has to be put in your body. How fucking crazy are you, bro? Like, I, you, you're I just you're so disconnected. I don't trust any institution. But that doesn't mean you you can't... Yes, you do. You're, you're letting them tell you what you have to put in your body. It, the, like, tap, the water that comes out of my tap into my home has, like, fluoride in it. But that doesn't mean that, like, I necessarily oppose that good? That. What? Really? Why? Why would you not oppose that? Because I think it's fine. I think it has more. I think it has more benefits than it has uh, negative impacts. I what think I, you've I, had I, too much fluoride. To, to be honest, vaccines. What I want to say with vaccines is that I think vaccines, uh, from a public health standpoint, do have more benefits than they have negative consequences. Can we have negative, uh, you know, consequences when it comes to vaccines? Absolutely, with any sort of medicine. But you already have to have, uh, you know, certain vaccines to go to public school. We didn't really have a problem with that for a long time. Uh, vaccines are in, uh, are a relatively a very 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 safe um, sort of medicine, uh, and I think it's it's fine for the government to say in order for you to do certain certain things during this time of again, you're, you're getting vaccines against diseases that are 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 pretty deadly. Um, so I think the negative consequences of 
having vaccines uh, are outweighed by the positive benefit benefits of uh, of a very vaccinated uh, society. That's just my issue. That's my thing with vaccines. I actually thought you were going to go another way with them, as far as like, um, like. So you don't, don't own your body. No, you own your body. But no, also, you it's like you could. If someone gets to dictate what, what goes inside your body, you if don't you own it. If you got a disease, if, especially if, these, um, we don't have like vaccine mandates for uh, non-contagious diseases. These are infectious diseases that affect huge populations. Like, I don't want to see smallpox come back, so I'm okay with a smallpox vaccine mandated for the vast majority of people because the benefits of not having smallpox eradicate and cause huge damage is is more valuable. But if you're actually vac- if you're vaccinated against smallpox, you won't get it. So you're you're actually the one that's making that decision. With the COVID vaccine, that's not the case. Once you've had it, you can still get it. You can still give it to others. I mean, yeah, the mandate just, that you're it makes that you're it, defending it, has been totally it inefficacious. It, it hasn't worked. It's a lot harder to spread it, and it's it's better overall for society. What I'm saying is that we've made a determination, and I don't see anything really. Who's we? Who's we? Because I we fucking oppose it strongly. We as a society. How? It could be done How? Better. Did I vote for the people that did it? I don't know. Did you vote? Like, yeah. And you voted for people who've made decisions. That's the world we live in. No, because none of the people that I voted for won. So how did I? How did I agree to this? You put okay. You put your voice in there, and we have as a society. And my voice was ignored. Yeah, that's the minority of the people. What I'm saying right. is that. So you don't believe in minority rights. Do you believe in majority rights? I believe the majority have more rights than minority. I, I mean, that's just the way democracy works. If you Fascinating. Like democracy, so black people have less rights than white people in America. Huh? Oh, my God. You literally just said that. Do you think black people have more rights than white people? No, I think they have the same rights. So do you think democracy... Okay, democracy is not where uh, black people are going to have... Uh, you know, just because there are majority white people in here that that black people don't have rights. That's That's... that's they're outvoted. They're outvoted. They have no say in Connor's idealistic system that the majority has about? more rights than the minority. What are you talking about? Like, black people vote for all sorts of people. White people vote for all sorts of people. I, you don't not do not like democracy. In a no, democracy, I don't. Okay, so there, perfect. But um, at the end of the day, I think that vaccines are more beneficial than they are negative. Uh, you don't. You want to move past be- that one, huh? Got to got to get past that whole. Majority has more rights than the minority. Yeah, I think it's pretty. When it when it applied to me, who didn't want the vaccine, you were okay with it. When it when it came down to black people, you got real sketchy there, Connor. Uh, what are you trying to say? Like at the end of the I'm day, trying to say that you're not consistent because you have no operating fundamental principles by which you are making these decisions. You are a you, communist. You're just throwing these words around because. You, you don't believe in property rights. Property. You don't believe in self ownership. You don't believe in minority rights. I mean. Tell me how you're not a communist. You don't believe in democracy. I believe in democracy. No. I've, so I've that makes you not a communist? <laughs> that makes ran, you not a communist ran, because you can vote for electoral, it? If you want to know why like, I'm not a communist, I ran for electoral office in the United States of America. I think that pretty much means I'm not a communist. I believe enough in electoral politics to run for it. You just throw okay. these words around. and, and uh, you don't believe in property rights. I'm not throwing words around, brother. I'm fucking firing rights, your words I'm... back at you. I'm listening to what you've had to say, and I'm telling you, you sound like a communist. You don't believe in property rights. You don't believe in bodily autonomy. I mean, how are you not one? Just because you don't believe in endless war? Like, congrats, because you don't believe in a police state, even though you believe that the police should be the only ones with you know, weaponry to, to defend us? It's like, 
none of none of your worldview is consistent. I'm just pointing it out to none you, and it's uncomfortable because consistent. no one's ever done it. Okay, first of all, I do believe in property rights. I don't believe in absolute you don't. property rights. Look, if someone comes on your property, can you tell them what to like, like what to do? Can you make them do uh, whatever you want to do as long as they're on your property? No, because they still have their own rights, and they so also have a right to leave. Property rights. You don't believe in absolute property rights. They own themselves, Connor. This isn't complex. So believe, I can't. I can't rape someone if they're in, in my house. If you believed in absolute, absolute property rights, because you, said I can tell them to leave. That's the only. That's the extent. Because beyond that, they own themselves. So I can tell them to leave. Yes. They're not going to leave, and they just stand there and don't threaten you. Can you shoot them in the head? Yes, because they're on my property. Yes. Okay. No. Um, that's property rights, brother. That's how it works. You, if you're on my property you and I tell you to leave and you don't, rights. I can no defend my property. Absolute property rights. I believe in property rights. I've told you I believe in property rights. I don't believe in nobody believes in absolute rights. property rights. How do I not? Okay. Do you believe that you can burn, you know, anything you want in your backyard and no one can can tell you anything about it? I mean, that's exter it's an externality debate uh, as to whether or not I would be polluting my neighbor's property too. So that it's a property right conflict that would have to be dealt with on a, um, preferably a, a private court system. But as of today, it would be handled with a public one. Okay. So you don't believe in absolute property rights. You can't do anything you want on your property. But uh, if, I think we're kind of done. Um, Connor, it's incredible. It's incredible that you think that's a gotcha. I mean, I just described exactly what the issue is. There's extra externalities in that I could be damaging their property. By right, doing what so I want to on my property. Absolute property rights. You cannot do anything you want on your property. <sighs> I absolutely own my gun, but I don't have a right to shoot somebody with it unless they've actually threatened me or harmed me or violated my property rights in some form or fashion. So there's nothing inconsistent about that position. It's respect for the other person's property rights. When their property rights conflict with mine, it has to be litigated in some fashion, hopefully in a private court system. This is very straightforward stuff. You haven't actually studied any of this, so you're completely naive and incapable of actually challenging me on any of it let's just be honest you can't so if you want to end the debate we can if you have anything else i'm happy to hear it it's just it's disappointing man for someone who doesn't believe in prohibition to think that vaccine mandates are an acceptable thing is so counter to everything else that you said in the lead up to this that it's like i just don't think that you actually hold any sincere values or principles and it's it's sad and it, the fact that you wanted to be an american politician and represent the people of kentucky the great state of kentucky where Rand paul and thomas massey uh, come from. It's just tragic. And I really hope you never run for politics again, just to be perfectly honest with you. So there are some of those two are some of the biggest losers, dorks, uh, and just terrible people that we have in politics. They should be, uh, they should be out of politics. Uh, I have studied <laughs> this stuff at the end of the day. What I, my whole, uh, idea is, is that we all make certain determinations. We all make certain arbitrary, uh, rules that we want about society. You make arbitrary rules about property. Uh, I believe in property rights. I also believe that people have other rights besides property. Uh, I believe the government should defend those rights, but I also believe that the government should be limited. Um, we all make determinations. So I think at the end of the day, that is what I'm trying to get across, is that we make those determinations. We as a society make those determinations, and we should do it as democratically as possible. I don't want one person controlling my life, but I also think that... Um, you know, I also think that I don't have the right to travel 200 miles an hour down down the highway because I understand that uh, that there are issues with that. Now, can those issues be solved better than they are today? Yeah, they can. But we always make determinations. 
And that's what I'm like trying to get across. And that's kind of my basis about some of my ideas is that we always make those determinations. Are you willing and uh, at the end of the day to accept excess deaths from guns in return for what? Uh, I don't think that the excess deaths are worth uh, what you think you're going to get out of it. You think they are. Um, and that's the, the determination that I make. Fair enough. Uh, I'll commend you for one thing. Coming in the Lions Den, uh, I'm thrilled that you did it because no other fucking progressives were willing ever to debate me. So uh, I'll give you credit for that. Aside from that, I still stand on the fact I do not believe that you should be involved in politics. I think that you have a very un-American outlook. I don't think you believe in property rights. I don't think you believe in self-ownership. I don't think you believe in consent, which is very concerning. Um, just being straight with you, I know this has been... Uh, a relatively harsh back and forth, but I appreciate your time and uh, I wish you luck in the future. I just hope it's not in the political arena. <laughs> well, I, I just want to say, I think uh, progressives don't come on your show, not because they're scared. This is pretty basic stuff. Uh, you have, you, <laughs> you Connor, you got trounced. No, 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 I didn't. You have a worldview that is uh, simplistic, naive, unrealistic. You wish to uh, take from the government or take from society, but don't wish to actually uh, give back in any way. Uh, I want it to be done voluntarily. Hard. I just don't want it to be stolen from me. That's the difference. Because I believe in consent. That's the difference between you and I. Ultimately. No, you and I don't Anyways, in consent. Mm, I don't know. This, is very, uh, <laughs> this was fine. I don't think. I don't think your position on guns uh, was very effective. I think you've shown that you don't believe in democracy. And I don't think I've um, made that explicit statement. Yes, I don't believe in democracy, but I also do believe in minority rights, which you, you made an explicit statement. That you don't. The stance that we have is worth it, and I don't believe it. <laughs> okay. All right, brother. Uh, I'm going to end this here. If anybody wants to support my work, go to libertylockdown.locals.com and please be nice to Connor. Do not go tweeting do me and shit at him. I don't care. It's a bunch of like naive simpletons. It doesn't matter. Your community yes, yes. doesn't matter. <laughs> and they don't matter politically either. That's the other thing is that like I don't need any libertarians because it's a childish philosophy and yes sure. in reality people don't really it's such uh, a childish philosophy that you just spent two hours not being able to defend a single position you hold I that's how childish it is positions just fine i mean if if you don't care about consistency you handled it perfectly um anyways <laughs> we're out of here love you guys hey i warned you i warned you that the first 90 minutes was kind of rough if you're such a trooper that you weathered that entire bombardment of inane talking points and complete illogic uh, god bless you uh, i i had to suffer right along with you and i hope that i was able to channel channel your inner spirit in defeating and conquering his terrible ideas <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i enjoyed it i enjoyed the last 30 minutes in particular because i finally got to not be nice which i don't get to do very often but i meant every word of it every fucking word of it <laughs> if you appreciated it please continue to leave five star reviews on apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening i wanted to thank some of those reviews we are up to 500 five star reviews on apple Podcasts. crazy crazy support really appreciate it wild weston says five stars one of the best commentaries one of the best podcasts out there always on point with esg true freedom lover thank you so much wild weston we got doug says five stars he's hitting the nail on the head great show snappy and on point Thank you, Doug. Hey, would you blow me? Says uh, one of my favorites. I've been listening since his beginning. Wow. 
Uh, one of my favorite podcasts, Clint Russell is on it. Smart man with very useful and practical content. Well, thank you, Haywood. <laughs> and I will not. And then last but not least, we got W-O-C-S-K Wuxk. Says bling bling. Just found this show extremely good. Very entertaining. Clint echoes my inner thoughts and rants about most things, except he does it out loud on a podcast. Cheers. Well, that's what I like to do. I like to funnel your inner torment and then express it in a way that makes you feel less alone. I honestly think that's what I'm doing because I know a lot of you guys share my worldview. And uh, yeah, we're not alone. We're definitely a minority. And I still believe in minority rights. So much so I believe in individual rights, which apparently is un-American, <laughs> according to Connor. God, what a disaster that was. Uh, goodness. All right. Keep leaving reviews. Keep being you. Keep being great. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go The government knows, just don't get treated like a hoe Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feppin' A typo with Luke might bring them nooses We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house The malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government, just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky's Mouton was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic and rip a 59 Miles to ratio that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping and rock steady Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought you've always got a home The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe